This is episode 176, part two of my conversation with Jonathan Barwick. Yes, epic. This is the first time I've ever had a guest episode span across two, well, two episodes. There you go. So 175 and 176. But before we kick into part two, you guys know the drill, but just in case, if you're new to the podcast, and I don't know why you're listening to part two before part one, but if you're new and we haven't been introduced before, my name is Andy Dowling, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I'm also the bass player for the Australian metal band Lord. And if you love a bit of metal and you haven't heard our music before, you can go to lord.net.au. Um, it's a great website that Tim set up. It's got all of our video clips. It's got streaming music, our entire back catalogue there. There's uh, an online, uh, online store. Um, there's just heaps of information there. It's a great way just to get a little bit of a taste of our music. So go and check it out. And for anybody that's been playing along for a while, we have a brand new album out called, well, it's coming out, I should say. It's almost there. It's almost uh, called Fallen Idols. I'm getting so excited. Um, you can go to lord.net.au slash united. United is the first single off our brand new album, Fallen Idols. And if you haven't heard it already, go and check it out. And as I've been crapping on, if you enjoy this song and you enjoy what we do, uh, please share it around. Uh, just a quick bit of social media love goes a long way for us. Uh, we are so pumped and excited to share this music. Uh, we are, we've been working on this stuff for a long time behind the scenes and it has been since 2013, since the last album came out, which was Digital Lies. And we have been doing stuff in between. We did a live album. Uh, we did a box set. We did an EP. We've done re-recordings. We've done a lot of stuff, but it's been so long since the last studio album. So for me, I'm a little bit nervous. So any help that you can give us to get out there and reach as many people as possible, um, I just want to reach everybody from our past, and I just want to make sure that we can continue to do so. So um, any help that you guys can do to share it around will mean the world to us. But go and check it all out. If you love it, I'd love to hear from you. If you don't love it, well, you know what? I'll still hear from you. Why not? I'd love a bit of criticism. Come on, pass it back, you know? Why not? Lord.net.au, go and check it out. All right, wait. When I'm not playing in a metal band, I also host a second podcast because, you know, clearly one podcast is not enough, and that's called the Self-Starter Podcast. If you go to selfstarter.com.au, this podcast is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. So uh, for anybody out there that is a little bit dissatisfied, restless in their job, um, has always dreamt of doing something for themselves, earning their own sort of income, they're creating their own desirable lifestyle, as I've um, always carried on about on the Self-Starter Podcast, you can go over to selfstarter.com.au and check it out. Uh, there's a fortnightly podcast that comes out. Season one wrapped up at the end of 2018. Season two is going to kick off in June, which is getting close. And by the way, if you've got a guest recommendation, hit me up. I'm, I'm collecting people at the moment. So please let me know. Um, and there's also a blog over at selfstarter.com.au as well. So there's heaps of content, lots of great case studies, stories from people that are out there doing great stuff. It's just real fantastic inspiration for me personally. And I know a lot of other people have been getting something out of it as well. So, you know, maybe you or someone you know needs a little bit of a gentle kick up the bum uh, or a little dose of inspiration. That sounds better. Go to selfstarter.com.au and go and check it out. And thank you so much to everybody, the anti-social faithful that have been supporting the Self Starter podcast because it is very different to this. Um, and it just means a lot to me. So thank you so, so much. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Every week, I thank legends 
well, just one legend every week that supports a podcast and me and it can be a range of different ways. It could be buying merchandise. It could be shouting me a beer via the PayPal button over at antisocial.net. It could be uh, a review somewhere on the internet. It could be a recommendation, a guest recommendation, uh, a bit of social media love, whatever. It doesn't matter. It all helps. It just keeps this whole thing fueled and, mo- and keeps me motivated. It just means a lot. So thank you to everybody that does little 1% extras. But this week's shout out. This is somebody that I need to get on the podcast, but this week's shout out is for Wayne Morris. Now, some of you old Aussie metalheads will probably recognize Wayne's name. Wayne is the drummer, or was the drummer, of the legendary Australian metal band Day's End. And uh, I really should get Wayne on. I reckon he'd have some interesting stories to tell. So, hmm, Wayne, when you hear this, yeah, okay, stay tuned. Should be a message. Anyway, um, the reason why Wayne's getting a shout out is Wayne has been faithfully just giving me so much social media love over the last year or so um, on all the posts on Facebook, um, stuff on the uh, Andy Social Podcast Facebook page, as well as my own personal page. Um, and that stuff helps. It's just a nice little tip of the hat to say that, you know, he's paying attention and uh, enjoying what I'm doing. And it means a lot. Um, Dazen's definitely a band that I've looked up to over the years um, and especially sort of getting accustomed to the Australian metal scene. Days M were one of the big guns. And um, I've got a lot of respect for, for Wayne and his wife Meredith and the, and all the all the folk in, in Days M from over the years. Um, just a really fantastic uh, band and really privileged to be able to play a number of shows with Days M over the years as well. Um, Wayne and his wife Meredith have got a business up and running called Art Angels Body Jewelry. And you can go to artangelsbodyjewelry.com.au or you can search for them on Facebook. Uh, go and check all that out. And... Um, Wayne, two calls to action here. Shoot me a message when you hear this, and I'm going to send you out a bunch of rubbish. Not literal rubbish, but some crap lying around the house, and I'll send it out to you because we all like getting something in the post. But shoot me a message as well. Maybe we should have a chat for the podcast if you're feeling up to it. I'm sure you've got some good stories to tell. So anyway, thanks, Wayne. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the little tip of the hat. It means a hell of a lot, especially coming from you. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Some additional shout-outs. As you guys have noticed in previous episodes of the podcast, the last several episodes, I've started to shout-out people that are buying from the numerous platforms I have on the interwebs, uh, such as eBay, Discogs, and Bandcamp. If you go over to andysocial.net slash buy stuff, you can see links to the Lord online store over at Bandcamp, the Andy Social Podcast online store over at Bandcamp, um, my eBay and Discogs stores as well. Um, so if you go to antisocial.net slash buy stuff, you can access all of those platforms. I've got all sorts of stuff. So obviously the merchandise for the band and for the podcast. I've also got my entire music collection. Well, no, actually, I shouldn't say that. It's not my entire music collection, but it's a freaking large chunk of it. it is up for sale over at Discogs. Dot com and you can go and check out that page. There's over 1,500 uh, listings there, CDs, records, uh, cassettes, DVDs, etc. Um, so heaps of stuff, rock, metal, punk, jazz, blues, pop, everything in between all over there. So you can go and check it out. Uh, eBay's got that kind of stuff, plus posters, stickers, other memorabilia, um, lots of weird knickknack stuff, um, some unwanted gifts from people. Apologies in advance if you've gifted me something and I just didn't have any purpose for it. It's gone on eBay. But maybe you guys are looking for a gift for somebody else. So maybe I might have something for you. So go over to the eBay store. Um, I've got some of Jess's clothes on there. Uh, yes, they're Jess's clothes. They're not mine because I can't fit into them. So you know, that joke's getting old. I know, folks. Um, but you can go to the eBay store there. But go to andysocial.net slash buy stuff. 
It's all over there. Um, it's a great way of supporting me. Some of that money goes back into the podcast and it also funds some of my other little ventures. Um, lots of interesting things coming uh, throughout 2019 and into 2020. 2020 calls that sound um, so stay tuned but um, all these little orders and sales um, help fuel all these things so I'm looking forward to sharing a lot more of that stuff with you um, so sorry uh, let's get back to what I'm trying to say um, a few shout outs Samantha from Piermont Frank from Hoyerswerder in Germany oh, I'm pretty sure I butchered that one uh, Simon from Wonga Park in Victoria never heard of that place Steph from Angerston in South Australia Raymond Raymond from Waverton in uh, New South Wales sorry I don't know why I struggled there um, Matteo from Formia in Italy and Helen from Goodwood in Tasmania. Thank you very much, folks, for purchasing stuff via the eBay, Discogs, and antisocial platforms. It means a hell of a lot. And once again, plug, 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 spam, 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 antisocial.net slash buy stuff. This week's episodes. Yes, that's right. This is part two. We uh, are here with episode, I don't know what it is. I think it's episode 177. Um, anyway, there's two episodes this week, and this is part two, and it's with Jonathan Barwick. So if you haven't listened to part one, I don't understand why you're listening to this one first, but I mean, whatever floats your boat if you just want to listen to the second half. I guess there's a theory that the second half of a conversation could be much better than the first because, you know, you've got to find your feet and get into a rhythm and get that momentum happening. And then, you know, further and deeper into the conversation, you get to the really good stuff. So maybe that's what you, maybe you're one of those people that reads the last chapter of a book first before you go back and read the start. I mean, you might be a freak like that, but anyway. Regardless, I recommend you go back and listen to part one first, um, but here we are, part two with Jonathan Barwick. Um, I'm not going to go through the introductions again. Um, you can go back to the previous episode and listen to all that, but as always, everything we discussed is in the show notes over at andysocial.net. Um, I mentioned in the uh, previous episode, if I have missed anything, books, music, any references that we talk about and it's not in the show notes, please let me know because I really want to make sure that everything's in there. This was such a great chat. And uh, as I mentioned, Jono really put himself out there and I want to make sure that people get as much as much value from this great chat as I did. And no doubt, I think Jono got a lot out of this himself as well. So enough crapping on from me. Please enjoy part two of this amazing chat with Jonathan Barwin. found a way to sort of digest it and appreciate it yeah that's that's really great you've actually tapped a tapped a uh, some sort of cosmic shell in me because what you were talking there about what got me and got, what got me analyzing myself was when you mentioned about there you know there's not two or three spots for you know a band and then that's it like it's done once yep. those spots are filled because when you're fucking coming up in this australian scene it does not feel like that at all yeah like that's it right. feels like there are one or two spots and everyone's fucking fighting for them like you've got you know like it i've just realized that i that's what i've seen and whether that's there or not is irrelevant but that's what i've seen i've always felt that there was maybe it's because so few giant metal acts come to this country when the sports do come and well, like, I know and it felt like for a while there, there was a spot because Black Majesty was just fucking doing them all. <laughs> Vanishing point, Black Majesty. Like, just fuck, there was the spots. That was it. <laughs> well, I think, I think one of the reasons why it feels that way, and I think there's definitely some reality, well, there has been some reality to it over the years, but I think, I think you and me both, and I think because we sort of um, have 
been in a very similar circles and we've got a lot of mutual acquaintances um, that mm. we've, uh, we've collected over the years. And I think we see the limitations because we've placed ourselves in an environment of limitations. And this mm. is, and when I look at, um, I look at the way that, and I don't want to get into too much of this because I always go go down this rabbit hole of um, talking about how the scene doesn't work and how the scene could get better and the scene, the scene, the scene, support the scene. But <laughs> it's, just, it's just dribble. It's just it's useless babble. But uh, but a lot of but a lot of it is, you know, coming down to the to a gig and and the options that we create for ourselves as far as what we could do with putting on a show and you know mm-hmm. we've relied on people we've relied on a very select group of people that have their own limitations and um there's an element where many of us haven't created our own opportunities we we've relied on other people to be able to give them to us and then when those mm. opportunities dry up then that victim card comes back in and we 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 highlight all the things that are wrong around us and and not really think about well, what what can I do with this set of circumstances that are in front of me? What what can I do to make the most of what I've got at my fingertips? And how yeah. can I how can I create something out of nothing? And like we're seeing something at the moment in Sydney, and um, the old Bullface Stag, which you'll be well and truly uh, acquainted with from a few few mm. years of playing there. Um, <laughs> hey, remind me of what you've just said. I have a funny story. To, to, yeah, uh, keep going. On, I'm gonna write that the, down. Bullface. Yeah. Bullface Stag. Yeah. Okay. So. That the stag, as it's known, has ceased as a as a venue uh, under that label. Crowbar, right? And it's now crowbar. So, uh, yep. so Trad, who's um, the the guy um, behind um, behind crowbar and his wife Tyler, have um, brought the crowbar concept from Brisbane down to Sydney. They've expanded, and I don't know how long they're going to be there for. I'm not I'm not sure, but um, but they've they've been up and running for for 2019 and. They, in such a short space of time, have done so much for Sydney music. They have, mm. they have, they haven't reinvented the wheel. I've gone in there. Um, it's it's cleaner. They've they've done it up a bit. It looks nicer. They've invested a bit of money into the into the the band room itself, the live room, um, better equipment, blah, blah blah. It's not. You don't walk in there and go, oh my god, I can't recognise the place. It's the same place. It just they just put a bit of effort into it, and. Yeah. And they've brought their branding, which has got reputation attached to it, and and people have got uh, there's a sense of reliability that comes from them that they've spent many years creating themselves. But they're doing amazing things, and they've done so much in like literally weeks. But the amount of people out there that are shitting on what they're doing because mm. there's not enough presence of particular genres of music, it's just it. I, I scratch my head, and I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what is the true agenda here and are we really giving a crap about music in this city or are we more worried about our own agenda our own personal preference and not really worrying about Nostalgia. anybody else that's from back in 100% so and for me like a big thing with me is like i i want to make an effort to celebrate what other people are doing and it doesn't matter whether they're doing something that completely aligns in with my tastes or not I can see the bigger picture. Doing something. Uh, yes, yes. They're taking the You're initiative doing and they're something. creating They're creating their own opportunities and in turn, they're creating opportunities for other people. And I just look around mm. and I think there are so many 
really, really good people I know and have built friendships with. And I've got connections with uh, over all the years of playing music and and there is so much potential there that is just not being used. I see people mm. that have got amazing ideas, have got the the goods, they've got the, the chemistry, they've got everything there to really do something amazing and they just don't do it. And mm. and it's more comfortable for them, and it's for all the reasons that we've spoken about already. But they, it's more comfortable to sit back behind a laptop or on your phone and bitch and moan and talk about stuff, people <laughs> behind behind their backs, and and just talk about how things aren't the way that they used to, and it continues to go downhill, and it's shit. And then let's blame all the other things. Let's blame the government. Let's blame the lockout laws. Let's blame <laughs> all. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you go. Then you can go extremes, and you can. And then people can start blaming conspiracy theories and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's just this crazy cycle of shit where yeah, it's. The perception is that there are very few opportunities for people and and you have to be in the in crowd or playing a particular t- type of music or wearing a particular style of clothing or have the look or or be affiliated with a particular you know party or whatever it might be to get the opportunities when it could be farther from the truth. It's just that the, yeah. those parties are actually the ones, those people are actually the ones that are creating the initiative themselves and, and creating their own opportunity and everybody else is sitting back scratching their ass. Yep. And instead of, you know, like they'll piss and moan and bitch about other people getting opportunities instead of asking the people how. Yep. Like instead of saying, hey, man, how did you get this? I, a perfect example of that is, the, I guess, the first time Paul Diano played Hobart, we got it because – you know, we, we just got into, we just, we just had, like Tom knew how to do it. He sent an email, find out who's promoting it, whatever. We get it. We're like, oh, fuck, we got it. You know, like, cool. Anyway, we did it. The second time he came around, we didn't want to do it. And like a week before the show, the promoter got in touch with us and said, do you know of any bands that would like to play it? No one has gotten in touch with me. But like people would piss and moan that we'd play on everything, but we might have just been literally the only ones asking. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's you creating opportunity. Like no one else even fucking asked. Another perfect example was municipal waste. Mm. It's like there's like, there was a, there was like a Facebook, uh, like campaign to get this, let's get these band on these mates that they would have been perfect. Like they love municipal waste. They play the, the crossover stuff. And every day on Facebook in the event, they got all their friends to just bomb the event with please put on go. I'd love to remember their name. Will and the screaming seniors. Yeah, man named Will. He's a nice, nice guy. But, um, you know, they did that. They did that. That was there. We looked at it and said, Hmm, ruins are playing. Send an email to Dave Haley. Who's putting on this show. He gave us an email address. We emailed him. It's like, yeah, sure. Give you 20 minutes. That was it. <laughs> that was our sucking dick for years. You know what I mean? You know, like it's always like you're always sucking someone's dick. It's like, no, we sent one email. Like, <laughs> trust me, like if I can fucking, you know, get some tours, like just show me the dick. Like show me where the actual dick is and I'll think about it at this point. Like I'm turning 30 this year and, it, you know, it's not looking fucking good. You know, Tabra is like stale as fuck. Like show me the dick. Like show me the actual dick that people think we've been sucking all this time. And I'll I'll fuck I'll rip it out. Like give us a give me a chance. But anyway, <laughs> alternate theory 
about the lack of crowds and, you know, playing small. We're talking about playing those small, bummy crowds and mm. wondering how we can ignite the scenes. Perhaps I should ask this question and perhaps challenge all of the other bands in this in this country and maybe we should ask, you know, is it us? Are we just not very fucking good? Do you think that's a possibility? <laughs> because, man, like I, I've got video footage of Tabs and, you know, with my you know newfound hindsight and whatnot and not looking at it nostalgically and not looking at it with the sense of the delusion of grandeur, I'm looking at these videos of what I consider to be some of our best gigs and I'm like, ooh, pitchy, very pitchy. You know what I mean? Like it's like, ooh, yeah, Dave's bass cut out for all of that song. Miles is out of tune and he doesn't realise it for three songs. It's like, were we actually any good? Because I noticed those crowds dwindle. Hmm. Like then you you do get the you do get the these you know the oh man you're fucking great like you know like you do get that so I think maybe you you might get lost in that but to me because I started observing things okay like I started actually making a note and I realised it was the same people coming to the gigs all the time there were no new people coming like the, that's what that's what started to kill me about playing the same fucking shows year in, year out. It was the same 80 people. And, you know, in Sydney, we may as well go and play in Mick Goddard's garage because <laughs> I'll get to do everything I like to do in Sydney, hang out with the Goddard's, people <laughs> like, and like it, it could, you could probably fit the the 30 people that really like us even if it, that even 30 sounds like a stretch now that i've said it out loud like i would worry if we could even pull 15 in mick goddard's garage at this point like it honestly like it, the yeah like when you were talking about um how lord uh, you know you you get you dust the cobwebs off for that three shows and you get to that third show and you're like oh we're on here boys and then you, you go back i realized how unappealing doing that sounds to me <laughs> like these days, like, a, like I, 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 we're going to die. Like I'm going to die. I know that I have this relationship with death and it's, and it's, it's not that hard to explain, but it sounds weird to people, but I wait, I, I am very aware that I'm going to die. Hmm. Like I have chosen not to, I have reconnected with the finite, you know? So I, like I want to do and see as much as I possibly can, and and I you know not I don't want to be fucking Lemmy. Like I don't want to be on the road for fucking eighty. Like I don't want to do that. But like I would love to know what Tabra would have sounded like on that ninth night, mm. on that ninth gig, that ninth gig in fifteen days. I would have loved to have known the kind of songs we would have written. And I would have loved to have known the the jokes and the laughs and the moments we have because, like, in the the little time we did spend together, like traveling and whatnot, we had a fucking ball. Like I, you know, we went to visit Bon Scott's grave and Dave spilt tea all over it. Like that's funny. <laughs> like that's my, you know, like wouldn't it be, you know, me and Miles could get the, the the quintessential couple shot in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like that would have been funny, and we always did stuff that was fun. And to me, it would have been funnier if we'd travelled and pushed through the fear bubble than it we it is like there's this sort of like well we've we've just gone like, turned the profile photo black 
I've no idea why Tom did that. But then, <laughs> the like... Va- the veil of it, death. <laughs> oh, man. And then when we came back and it's an old photo <laughs> and we've got one show, <laughs> like, we didn't come back with anything to offer. Like, it, but, you know, that people were confused, but really we never left. We, right. We're just a local band that haven't played couldn't for a bit. do a couple... Sorry? You haven't played for a bit. You just haven't played for a bit. It's as simple as that. Like, I I sort of think to myself as like, well, Jono, you you probably made some people believe. Like, because I, I, I believed. I believe that we were destined to do more. I don't know what we would... Like, I, I had the, the rock star dreams and all of that, but I, it all seemed like a pretty natural sort of progression. It's like, oh, well, we, we've grinded out a bit here and made some friends and... Like I know we made mis- there was definite mistakes we made along the way when it comes to finances and uh, like PR, but as like when like when we were playing, like it felt good and people seemed to resonate with us for whatever reason. So I, I guess when the, the profile photo went black, I think people read into it more because we'd always managed to create this illusion that we were more than what we actually are. Mm. So in that gap. Which, which worked quite well for us for a while. Like, you know, world's greatest band. You can just say that. <laughs> you can fucking say it. It's, you know, but uh, in that time, we had our. It was like a long. It's like a long-term relationship, man. We sat down and we're like, it, Miles came very clean. Like Miles is just fucking over it. He likes. He hadn't even touched his electric guitar like until a, a few weeks before we had our first channel. Like he likes doing other stuff. He's just a bit over it and. And uh, Dave's got priorities and, and Tom's got to, a business. Like, he's just, just different priorities. Hmm. So, like, that, you know, on to turn the – I think turning the profile photo black was a huge mistake because I don't want to have to deal with people asking me, as like, you guys breaking up? I was like, it's, like, it's just a – because I've learned it's just a band. You know, like people like, and I, I know how people love bands and you've probably the same as a music fan, but I really highly fucking doubt anybody loves my band as much as I love the bands that I love. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like do you, you're the same. You, yeah. you, I, I couldn't even comprehend anyone liking Tabara more than I like protest the hero or, you know, something like that. So that was a mistake because now like it's, it seems to just uh, like we've we've come back into this. It feels like this these shoes, and you know to, to have on that Legion's poster that tagline of first Melbourne show in two years. It looks fucking ridiculous. I hated it. I was like, can't we just be a band that's playing a show? Like, why does it? Why did it need to have that? Like, we didn't come back with an album. We didn't even come back with a new fucking photo. Miles has cut his hair. I've cut mine. Dave's got a mullet for fuck's sake. Like, you're putting up this, <laughs> you're putting up, like he does. He actually cut it into a mullet. It wow. looks great. But it, it's like, it's it's not that anymore. Hmm. It's not those, it's not those four mean looking boys in black that are, you know, coming with a vendetta. You know, we're coming to, like you know, like it's it's. I don't I don't know what's gonna even happen when we get on that stage. We got a gig in a couple of weeks, and to me, it's I don't know if I sound crazy when I explain it, but like that act, 
that I used to have that that bravado and that that you know wrestling promotional kind of banter that wasn't fake like there was there was a part of me that believed all of that and I'd just amplify it hmm. you know it's like to me it wasn't it wasn't fake like I believed in that like there I that I amplified that part of me that was like into that as like we're going to conquer this motherfucking planet we're, like silly or not it's true I believed that on that we could have done a lot more than we did but now I'm nervous because that's not there. Like that, that belief and faith and that trust because like we haven't rehearsed, like we, we were a pretty tight band. Like, okay, we haven't got the tightness. We, like I, I wrote those songs about 18 months ago and dished out the tabs and we had a practice at like last weekend and they hadn't learned them. So we've got, we're not coming back with new material that's actually the, what made me go home and realize, like, I'm just going to do this on my own because I don't want to write music for people that have no interest in learning it. That's mm. not my idea of a life well spent. So we're not coming back with anything. Like, we're not coming back with a, a tour, which I'm pretty pleased with after the Sinners thing. We got three grand in the hole and I had to dig it out. And we're not coming back with any new material. We're not coming back with anything different. And so to me... That means we have become a nostalgia act, Andrew Daly. <laughs> We've become my, like my least favorite thing. We are now ace fucking freely. Like that's what we are now. Like we're just this, we're going to come out and we're going to play dying fucking wish again. And we're going to do necromancer. And our hands are going to go up and over the neck. And I don't know what I'm going to do in between the songs. Like I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to come out. Because I, I, I don't know where, like, I had to kill that boy, Andrew, because he was making my life hell. He was making life very hard for me. So I had to, I, I had to lock that really boastful, confident young man, like, away. If not, if he might be dead, I'm not sure. But, <laughs> like, it, I, I'm not going to be able to come out and, you know, claim that we're the world's greatest band anymore because I don't believe it anymore. And oh, man, this is like these thoughts go through our head all the time. Um, and I think, yes, I, I kind of agree that, you know, putting a, a, a black profile picture sends a message that might not be completely reflective of what's going on, but also no. it puts you guys in a position where there's, unnecessary pressure and focus yeah, put on and you guys exactly what it did. where there's expectations put on you guys to be doing something more than what you need to be doing at the moment. And I think the one thing that um, I think, and I can't speak on behalf of the other guys, but at least from my point of view. No, me that, neither, by the way, everyone. Yeah. I'm not speaking for any, I'm speaking for myself. Like, yeah. You, you get them on your podcast, but uh, like, I know they've got other like life, life, things changed. So, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this is just me. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of pressure that's put on ourselves and I've I've crapped on about this quite a bit over the years, but um where bands there's an expectation that you place on yourself of a band has to be something in particular. It has to function in a particular mm -hmm. way. There's a stereotypical path of a band doing particular things in a certain order within a period of time, etc. And after yeah. and after 
certain number of events and if there's a, a period of inactivity, nothing's going on, then uh, more or less that band becomes redundant. It's it's dead. It's, it's over. And mm. one thing that, I mean, I don't really care that much, but I sort of chuckle at, at the thought is when you have bands that are doing their final run of shows ever. And, and I'm not really just mm. talking about the, the big guns because they're notorious for this, but, but so many bands out there do this whole thing of, well, it's been a great run, but we've, we've hit it. We've hit a brick wall or for whatever reason, all these circumstances, we can't continue on. So we're going to do the mm. last, we're going to do a last show, last home, hometown show. Or we're going to do a last tour, whatever it is. And then we're going to, we're going to leave on what the highest note that we possibly can given the circumstances that we're in. And that's fine. And that, that experience is great. And everyone comes out of the woodwork and it's a nice little moment in time. But then six months later, you're sitting there going, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done yeah. it. I shouldn't have done it because, because I, I, I miss that feeling or I miss an aspect yeah. of it. And, and I can't go back out claiming to be something that I've told everyone that I'm not anymore because then I, then I become a contradiction. Then I'm not, mm. I, I lose the respect of other people. I'm not me. I'm not, I'm not keeping my word. Um, or, Your word or, loses weight. That's right. The, the collective word of the band and, and the branding of the band and everything like that. And I think one really cool thing that, I've come to grasp with, and I still, I still have my moments, but one thing that I've, I've got a lot more clarity around is that for us, as long as everybody has an inkling of interest in what we do, um, we can stick around for as long as we want. As long as mm. Tim is able to continue doing what he's doing, um, or we've got the facilities to record, or we can do whatever. And um, if we get a great opportunity, then yes, we'll go through that, that, short-term painful process of dusting off the cobwebs and, and getting blood out of a stone to try and get everything moving again. But you know what? That's an experience itself and it usually leads to something something fun. And it's, it's a story along mm. the way. And it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if we don't do anything for six months. It doesn't matter if we take five years for an album. It doesn't matter if um, we just stop posting on social media for six months. Uh, it doesn't, it, mm. none of that stuff matters. And it doesn't mean we've, we've gone. It doesn't mean that we've thrown in the towel or anything. It's just the band's there. It exists. The music's still there. Go and listen to it. Enjoy it. And, you know, when we're ready, we'll, we'll give you new stuff or we'll go out and play some shows and, and whatever. But we don't have to make uh. a statement. We don't have to tell anybody. We don't have to do anything. And we can just come yeah. back when it, when it yeah. feels right. God. Damn it! Yeah, you come back. There's no pressure. That's right. And people, and then people, the expectations from everybody else are different. And either people are excited and welcome you and and appreciate it, or people move on and they don't care. But those people are going to move on and, and not care anyway. It doesn't matter. Like you've yes. got no control over that. So for Absolutely. you, it comes back to the collective unit. And I think for you guys, and I can certainly appreciate a lot of the comments, although um, from my perspective, looking at it and probably going through some of these periods <laughs> a number of times over the last few years, um, it, it's, it, it's reasonable to, to have those views. I think it's unfair, but but I understand why why you guys are in the position that you're in and why these things are, are, are the way that they are at the moment. And I think what, at least from my point of view, the suggestion would be is that 
you guys just need to do whatever you can to take that pressure off and when you guys do get together that you have to you have to work out a new game plan as far as it's not a strategy it's not about um, timelines of, of getting albums out and getting music put together or getting on tours or whatever the trajectory mm. of the band is it's just working out what the game plan is as far as what you guys want and and if there's an element there and even though people you know like you said miles before getting getting a bit long in the tooth and needing a break from playing or whatever it might be everyone needs to find that spark of whatever that is and where do they get that spark from and seeing what you guys can do collectively to find that balance that everybody has got a form of stimulation from this experience of, mm. of being together and for you on stage i would i mean i'll blow smoke up your ass and and say that you guys are, have been one of the better live bands in this country um, especially when it comes to sort of the hard rock and, and metal genres, um, you guys have always put on a good show, and you 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 work that crowd no matter how many people are there, and you guys have had some really good crowds, and you've had some some uh, not so great crowds as we all have, <laughs> but sure but, have. But but you guys do a good job to not let that phase you, and you guys might mm. be feeling it on the inside, and we all do, but you 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 have the game face on, and you get out there and do it. But one thing that I think would not be beneficial is to once again going back to that nostalgia thing is for you to cling on to your past for yourself mm. and and those challenges that you've got about you know the identity that you carved out as being that front person on stage and and what you channeled and not having that same energy or coming from that same place anymore that this is this is your opportunity now to to look at what that next chapter looks like and mm. and and it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal reflection of yourself. You know, it can be, and that can be really sort of fulfilling for you. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have created a persona for stage and for the purpose of performance and the, for the purpose of being able to escape or in a healthy way to be able to have an outlet to be able to uh, act in a certain manner or whatever it might be. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on what your intention is. And I think if you can get that narrative in your head as far as what's your intention and what, what's the true purpose of you as the front guy in Tabra versus you doing your own thing on the side, which is two completely different things, then mm. that will that will make it easy for you. And I think you'll be able to get on stage and play with confidence and be unashamed with where you're at now and what you're doing because this will be this will be the new intention and and i think people will love that because if you look at your favorite bands and, and artists that you've looked you've you know looked up to and, and enjoyed over the years for the most part and there will be ex always exceptions to the rule but for the most part most of them have gone through a number of transitions eras changes over time they've progressed they've changed they've gone in different directions they've the wardrobes have changed the personas have changed all these different things um but that makes it super interesting and really, really cool. That's what yeah, makes I it, like, I've always liked that. And it's entertaining, and that's the journey, and I think that's what separates... That's a point of difference with a really good band is that the band is able to not wear their heart on their sleeve, but they're just unashamed with who they are and what they do, and they're not afraid to try different things. And I think that's where a lot of success comes from. That's why a lot of people stick around and become super loyal and super passionate about a band because they're they're almost following the journey with the artist as well they're 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 growing and changing as well because we all we're all doing it yeah. and um, time stamps are their own almost. absolutely and and so then then it gets to a point where there is 
there is still nostalgia. Um, you know, mm. when you guys crack out those old songs or whatever it is, or people uh, request certain songs or listen to the old recordings or whatever it is, and it's coming back to that balance again because nostalgia is okay. I think it's all right, but it's got to be used in the right dosage. And I think if you can find that blend that makes sense and people can still enjoy it and get some of those feelings, but also enjoy where the whole machine's going, where, which which direction it's going, then um, it's sort of the best of both worlds. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a massive thing to go through because even for us, um, we've we've had to we've had to really dig deep and and question you know what what are we doing this for like what's what's the purpose and as everyone gets older and same sort of thing as what you guys have been going through you know uh careers family marriage all this sort of stuff happens and you're not you're not the 20 something year old that will sacrifice everything for mm. for that for that dream you know i would I would I would burn everybody, and I, and I say that in the politest way possible. But I will burn. I know everybody. what you mean. He's speaking metaphorically, folks. Of course, he's to... speaking metaphorically. <laughs> I think disclaimer, disclaimer. But I I would <laughs> I would I would sacrifice everything to to go after that dream. Um, you know, if it's a job, the job can get stuffed. If they're not going to give me that time yep. off work, well, then I'll just get another job. Um, if the girlfriend at the time um, is going to be a hurdle or a roadblock or what, doesn't believe that I should be doing something, then, well, they're gone. Um, don't care because this is this is bigger than everything else. And and, mm. that, and that's fine. Like, I, mean, I, think, I think people can go through that period and some people will always be in that period and, and that's, that's their existence and some people really thrive on it. But for a lot of us, you, you sort of go through it and then things change and you have different experiences, mm. you learn things and you you get exposed to different people and different different things along the way and you just realize wow there's like this music stuff's really really exciting it's amazing like for me without without all the experiences I've had I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now and I'm so thankful for it and um, many people do not even get a taste of what I've been able to do and even for no. and even what you've done as well and and I think a lot of people look um, to people that play music and have that envious feeling of, oh, you know, if only, if only I could have done that, or if only I'd had the guts to get on stage or be able to play an instrument or whatever it is. And, yeah. and that's fantastic. But um, you just realize that that's not the entire universe. That's not the entire world. There's so many amazing things out there and it's not just about metal or it's not just about music. And you, and that's mm. a, it's a great part of life and you can always lean on it and enjoy it and get, get value from it. But there's just so much more. And when those, when those eyes open, it's just like, holy fuck. Like, it's like, it's like the sobriety thing. It's like, oh wow. Like the potential, like I had no idea. Yeah. Like this, there's just yeah, so, many, there's so <laughs> many things in front of me. And, and why didn't I see this? Because I had tunnel vision. I had, I had the glasses on, I had the cloudy vision or what, for, for a whole range of different reasons. And it's, it's mm. uh, it's a bit of an awakening moment, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's also, a, it can be a painful moment as well because it goes back to something that you said really early in the conversation, which fucking hit me hard because I've had to go through this multiple times over the years is the identity and you can't mm. have an identity of who you are and, and the way that people look at you and you put, you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, you, you mm. and any thought of that being compromised, well, fuck me. Like that's, 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 that's everything. That's game over. That's, 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 yeah. your, that's your world gone. Like what have you got left? 
you know, and I've, and I've Who said, am I? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. You're asking, you're asking those big questions. And I, and I've said this to, to other people and, and people listening to this podcast have probably heard me say this a million times. So, you know, sorry guys, but tough shit. Um, you know, I've had this, this reoccurring experience in my head many, many years ago, um, after I moved from Brisbane to Sydney and we went back up to Brisbane, we played a show and we're in one of the pubs there and, um, a, an elderly gentleman from the UK was at the bar and he'd had a few pints and we're all sitting there having a drink and great night, blah, blah, blah. And he comes over and he, he wants a chinwag. And so whatever, we're all drunk. So we're having a great time. So yeah, look, let's talk to this guy. And so he sits down and we've all, we're all got our metal t-shirts on, hairs out and everything. And he's like, oh, you love rock and metal, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I've got a story for you. I'm like, okay. And he goes, you won't, you will not believe me. You will not believe me, but I'm the original bass player in Deep Purple. And I went, huh, okay. We're pretty pissed. Like we're getting on our way. And I'm like, well, okay. And he's like, yeah. he goes, but he goes, don't bother looking me up. He goes, I'm not in any of the bios. I'm not anywhere on the internet. So don't try and look me up on Wikipedia or whatever it is. I'm not there. Yeah. So don't even bother trying. But what happened was the band got together, blah, blah, blah. I was in there before... Um, uh, what's his name? Roger, Roger Glover. Glover. Roger Glover. Um, and uh, blah, blah, blah. These bunch of things happened and uh, either he got booted out or he moved on and then he didn't really know that anything was going to happen with the band and off it, off it went and exploded and became what it, what it became. And mm. anyway, he was pleasant, but he's really convincing. And he's a palm, so it sort of added to it. You know, he's from over there, blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. you're listening to it and going, wow, really interesting. It's compelling. But there was just this <laughs> little underlying sense of utter bullshit coming out of this guy's mouth <laughs> and 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 it really like it's never left me because i sat there and for weeks afterwards i thought what if that guy was telling the truth what if that guy mm. legitimately knew those guys and was there in those formative years and what he said had a hundred percent truth and there was reasoning as to why his name's not anywhere and blah 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 but here he is this el elderly gentleman in a pub in brisbane pissed off his tits telling a bunch of 20-somethings about how he used to play in Deep Purple and yeah. most likely those 20-somethings not believing a word he says. Like, who is he? Who? Wh what's his identity? And, and what's he clinging on to? And why, why is that story coming out? And how many other people over the last 40 fucking years or whatever has he told this story to? And I just thought... So, yeah, who I, is he? Yeah, and I just sat there and went... I panicked because I thought, I, don't, I do not want to be that person. I don't want to end up, and I, it became a complex. I, I panicked and I just wanted to do, and this was energy for me because it was like, I will do whatever it takes to ensure that I don't throw the towel in. I don't give up. I don't, yep. I don't become mediocre. Um, I'm going to continue to do this and I'm not going to be that person that gives up too easily and misses out on, on the potential or misses out on something. And I don't want to become yeah, that, that drunk at the pub telling a bunch of young kids when I'm an old fuck and saying yeah. that I played in this band once and they're like, sure you did, you old cunt. Like, and it's like, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, even in my mind now, and I've, and I've, I've, I live with it a lot better than I used to, but it really, like, he kept me awake and I mm, just... It got you good. Big time. And so over the years, when we've gone through our moments of our own version of adversity and, and tension in the band or wondering what's going to happen, um, I always thought, I go, well, what happens if this doesn't continue? What happens if I'm not in this band anymore? What happens if I decide to move on or the band is... Or mm -hmm. Collectively, we decide to, to park it. Who am I? Am I the bass player in this band anymore? 
or am mm. I just a guy that used to play in a band? Um, you know, all my friends and my network, everybody I've met, all these opportunities have all come from music and, and fuck, like, you know, and, and so suddenly I put way too much importance on it. And that was such a massive fucking thing for me to have to Oof, get my head straight. I love it. Massive thing. And, you know, and it was a bit of an influence between, with, you know, doing the podcast as well, because I decided to diversify uh, my mm. my things um, and try to get involved in other little projects to st- stimulate myself, but also just to spread out who I am and and just have a bit more of a broader identity of who I am. Um, and it's it's not a, a true thing; it's an artifact. It's it's a it's a tangible thing that doesn't have a lot of substance as such because I shouldn't be identified with the podcast. But it's just helped me understand that. I don't have to be defined by one thing. I don't have to define myself by one thing. I can, I can, I can be fluid. I can, I can move with, with, with the wind and do whatever I need to do and whatever feels right and be confident and happy in myself. And no matter what happens, as long as I'm doing the best that I can and I'm happy, um, then, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think yes. of me. It doesn't matter what my title is or, or what, what's against me or what's on my social media pl- profile or anything like that. It, it just doesn't matter. Like, and that stuff's fun. It's, it's great, but it, it's not, doesn't carry the weight that it used to and no no it doesn't bring the pressure that's right takes the pressure off and it becomes fun again. yeah it becomes fun again and i think just that's a very long-winded fucking went off on a on a tangent but a long way around sort of going back to what you're saying about the things that you've been going through and the identity stuff and a lot of the changes that you've made uh you know due to all these different things happening in your life but then coming to this point now where it's like, well, there's this band, you know, and this has been a massive part of your life, and now you've got to look at it and, and think, well, how do we approach this? Like, how do we how do we look at this? How how are we defined? How am I defined? How am I how am I associated mm. with this? And and you know, only you're going to work that out. Only you guys, collective, are going to be able to work that out. But um, but the I guess the reassuring sort of thing is that it doesn't have to be the way that it was, and it can be marked too. It can be Mark three. It can be whatever it is, and um, there's there's always opportunity for another chapter and to do it on your own terms, as you guys have always done in the past, you know. And the intentions been for different reasons, but you guys have always put it out there at least that you, you guys do it your own way. You do it your own style. You you you're you're unashamed with the way that you put yourselves out there, and regardless of the motivations behind the scenes or anything like that, you guys have been really good at. at putting that out there to people saying we do things the way that we want to do them and and we we don't care and we we enjoy it because we love it blah 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 and i think if you've got mm. that essence still there then how that is presented to other people um is almost secondary because you've you've still got that same fire <laughs> that you had you've, you've had in the past and it's just it's just a different mm. type of flame these days to what it was in, in the past no, I think I'll just turn into the pissed old guy and tell kids I was in a band. <laughs> I'm not, I can hear it already. I, I'm not. I'm not ruling it out for myself either. Like I still, <laughs> I still wake up on the odd night going, oh, oh, I used to play in this band. I used to play in this band. No, please, please uh, believe, believe me, believe me. I was something. I was something special. <laughs> a, a reviewer once said I was the most charismatic frontman he'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no photos anymore because the internet got no. burnt down. We uh, had a MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember that, Andrew? Do you remember uh, the MySpace? You, you know what? We're in an interesting generation of uh, it's like a musician or just you know, or person that wants to promote themselves because we have had to ride 
social media. We had to figure it out. Like it, it wasn't there. It became like we had MySpace. It was like, oh, how can we use this? We were like the first apes that picked up that stone that was sort of <laughs> shaped a bit. It's like, hang on a minute, I can hold this. Like that, that's us. Mm. And we, God, it's almost, it's, it's strange now making music because it like it, I found now you can just fucking put stuff out. It's glorious. You don't, you don't have to be anyone. It doesn't have to be anything. You can just, you can just have your cute little Facebook page with your hundred likes and drop another cheap recording. And some people really like it. That's it. And you don't have to be on nuclear blast or well, anything. And, and then it comes back to the, to the intention behind it all. Like what, what's the purpose of what, why we're doing all this and, and look, people have a master plan and they've got these grand plans of doing something particular and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, especially if you've got that commitment, you've got, it's just, it's a sustainable, uh, goal that you, you are capable of able to like to be able to put that energy into and you've got people around you that can make it happen. But you know, there's nothing wrong with not having those goals either. And I think no, the internet's so we good. We covered it. That's it. And there's so there's so many awesome opportunities with the internet where um, you can you can create a social media page or you don't create a social media page. You can yeah. you can upload music and put it straight onto Spotify or whatever, or you don't. Um, you can have a website where you you charge people fifty bucks for a song. Or you give it away for free, like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like you're creating your own rules, and obviously the market. And going back to like a Gary V term, the market's always going to tell you whether you're you're onto something or not. But ultimately, mm. it comes back to why you're doing it in the first place. And if you really just want to create and get it out there, and and at least if somebody stumbles upon it or searches for something, um, is able to find you. Um, then that's easy, you know, and it's easy to make it happen. The hardest thing is is creating the music in the first place, and and that's 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 always going to be the challenge. And I think you know people are so fixated on the end goal of trying to get the people to listen to it that almost yeah. the creative element has been starved because we're sort of fast tracking the creative side to get to to get to the point where we're getting yeah. attention. Get to the affirmation, man. Like that's almost what it is. Is just to get to that that bit where you're the, you've got the buzz about you on social media. Cause I used to love it, man. Ah, oh, is it like, I used to be so addicted to my phone and like, I'd just be just constantly checking it when, if we'd released something or, you know, got a new photo up and man, I, I was just hooked on notifications. I was, I was lost down that rabbit hole before I awoke I like I really like that term because that's what it feels like. like. I'm I'm deep into that hoodoo. I'm way deep into that hoodoo, and that's that's what it feels like. Because it's like I work, I just saw the world differently, and there's so many different points in time where I could see, I could observe myself seeing things differently, and we we made it back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to fucking tie. I am about to get back to a point I made earlier. And that's how I would like to come back to Japan. There we did it, Andrew. We did it. We made it back. <laughs> we, we navigated the, the dark waters. But Japan, in Japan, I it was just nonstop those moments. 
where I was just observing things going, whoa, hang on. No, this is, it is like being on a different planet to Hobart, Tasmania in Australia. It was, it was just foreign, like to the, the absolute minute of the definition. It was, I was like an alien exploring their planet and it was beautiful and it was the, it's the best thing I've ever done to oh, be yeah. there and amongst this collective of people that all their behavior is all based around is what I'm doing good for everyone around me, mm. this culture of politeness and stoicness and patience. Now, you ever be, you've been in a queue in Japan, I take it. Mm-hmm. You ever notice everyone just stands there and shuts the fuck up? Yeah. No one complains they're in a queue. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> Like I got back to Australia and within five minutes I saw this dude, this bogan dude who was wearing a furry vest yelling at his daughter who had cornrows and he was calling her a cunt. <laughs> Welcome and home. I was like, we are an island of rapists and thieves. Like we are <laughs> descendants of that. That's it. Like that's what we are. That's it. There's the genetics throughout there. Yeah, yeah like it, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's fucking beautiful over there in Japan. Good lord, I'd love to get there and play music one day. And and that can that can certainly happen as well. And you know, taking the pressure off you guys, there's there's no rush either. So no. those things happen when they happen. And you know, it's it's that whole luck analogy, uh, you know, equation of uh, hard work and and um, Hard work and an opportunity sort of breeds luck, you know. It's it's sort of you know you've got to you've you've got to sort of have the intention to be thinking about it and be aware of it and put the time and the effort in and and those things come in in due course. But um, yeah, there's plenty of can time. Can we for do it. something? Can what you've just said there? Can we please define hard work? Yes. As far as bands go, define it for me. Well, as far as I go. don't know. Well. Yeah. Okay. So it is difficult because one thing, one thing that I've been I've been reading a book at the moment called uh, "Talent Is Overrated," and I'm only a few chapters. Okay. I'm only a few chapters in, but my the gist that I've got from the book so far is that they've done a whole bunch of case studies of all of the world's elites, like you know, elite performers, musicians, all these people throughout history, especially modern history. And they're trying to just find patterns in these people that we as a mass, as as the general public, have put these people on a pedestal and said they've got godly talents. They're born mm. with it. They're, it's been passed through with genetics and all these sort of things. And they've dug in deeper to each of these people's stories and realized that, no, actually, they're not that special after all. Um there's been some environmental things as far as um, they've been exposed to certain learnings and certain frameworks and teaching and and training mm. at an early age and things like that. Or um, the big thing, and I think what they're trying to get to at, probably at the end of the book, or maybe there'll be a, a, a left hook at the end, but um, hmm. the, what they appear to be saying is that talent, or great ability or great great achievement comes from hard work, but not hard work alone. It comes from time, intention, and focus, and understanding what what that goal is that you're you're going after. Because hard work mm. is absolutely redundant if there's no focus. You can work your ass off every single day, hard yakka, doing all sorts of stuff, and get nowhere fast. And mm. you, and you can be 
just as much of a dead shit as you were when you started. Um, but when people have a goal and an intention and something in place where they've they've sat down and, and, and have a level of awareness and clarity as to what they truly want, then that gives them the ability to be able to put into place framework where they can work hard with for a duration of time. And they talk about basically the longer the time, the more likely you are to, to succeed at a high level. So all these people, mm. they're not saying it's not something where they had this innate abil- ability physically or mentally to be able to um, excel at a really quick pace. They've actually taken longer than everybody else to, to get to this, uh, this point. It's just that they started earlier. Um, but it's the time and the focus um, and which is, which is hard work in itself. And, it's not glamorous. It's not. Uh, it's not complicated. It's no. There's no life hacks. There's no secret sauce. There's no. There's no special secrets from the gods or anything like that. Mm. It's basically sitting down, having clarity of what you want, and putting in the hard yards for a, a significant period of time. So I guess a roundabout way going back to bands is, and this is this is always going to be a hard thing because. A band is one of those scenarios where you've got multiple people involved and everybody, unfortunately or fortunately, has a different personality and different reasons as to why they're there. And sometimes you can have an overarching goal that everyone agrees, but everyone's still got their own little narrative, their own little goal in their head of what they think their version of success is. And mm. I think what bands need to do where possible, and and it's not always going to be possible in every band, but I think where possible bands need to be able to have a conversation with each other and have that band meeting or whatever it is and try and work out what's what's the goal? What are we here for? What do we want to do? And try to find something that's common and then put something in place to work towards it and not deviate from it not get distracted by something, not give up after a few weeks of motivation then just fucking uh, get lazy and give up and fuck it off and, and sit back and complain about everything. It's just this relentlessness of just pursuing something that you guys all agree on and you set terms. And I think that's that's hard work because I know, I, I mean, I won't, I won't name names. I'm so tempted, but there's, there's quite a number of bands and bands that we both know that have been hardworking bands, and I use the air quotes, uh, for yeah. a number of years. And what have they done? Fuck all. And, mm. and great intentions as far as they, they mean, they mean really well and they're passionate and they love what they're doing and they're trying, but they they've got no, there's no, there's no navigation. There's, there's no compass dictating the direction that they should be going. They're just fumbling out there, working really hard with no purpose, and they're just getting nowhere fast. And mm. and some bands when we, like it, but when some we say don't. nowhere, though, like when we say accomplishing nothing, like I, I feel like we could name names if we established the metric, like because they might be doing exactly what they want to do. Well, but like yeah, is are we talking about like? Uh, well, like, what, what, like, what are we talking? What is even making it mean? Well, it and that's it. But it comes down. I think what I'm saying is those bands are also bands that will will emit a level of dissatisfaction with what they're doing. There and oh, I see. And, yeah. and express and express something that's missing and and highlight the things that are wrong. And that no, will- then we shouldn't name names because when you do that, like those people struggle with discourse. So we're going to end up in no. That's right. No, going to end up in tr- yeah, pointless <laughs> trouble. All right, but it's it's just one of those things where it's 
the intention that they mean well and they're working hard and they think they're doing good things. And that's part of the frustration is that this it's the victim card again. It's it's the whole mm. I I'm working so hard, I'm working harder than this other band appears to it be working. Who yeah. are doing so much better than me, and that's unfair. That's bullshit. We've got better music, yeah. or we work harder. We're out there doing more shows. We're out there doing more than this, and we're we're talking and we're doing blah blah blah. Or our likes are more than their likes, whatever it is. And and it's like, yeah, okay, cool. But you you guys have got no have idea. Have you been reading the Tabaru inbox? <laughs> <laughs> have you been reading our private conversations? Because I swear to God, you've just rattled off some shit at verbatim. Oh right. Well, I think it's. See, uh, I am seeing my like I'm seeing. I'm I'm not going to say my own. I've seen our own behavior reflected at us through this dialogue. But it, anyway, go it's, on. It's so, I feel like I'm part of this. Uh, it, it's He's just, talking about Tabra. That's the left hook at the end. He's been talking about Tabra this whole time. <laughs> Drop the mic. We're off. We're, we're done. Blair Elm Street billing above us. <laughs> All they did was go to Europe and release a bunch of albums and... <laughs> But we played in Sydney more times in the past two years. Why are they building a bars? Anyway, go on. <laughs> but the thing is, is there's so many bands that 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 feel this way, and and I don't think it's. I mean, you can you can blame them and you can fault them and everything, but I think part of it is that we only know what we know, and we're only we're only as good as what we're exposed to at times, and not and mm. and that, not to use that as an excuse or to give people a reason to feel like they're victimised or no, anything. No, don't like that. enable these people. No, that's the last thing you need is not, to enable these people. Not at all. But I think it's it's that it's the awareness of understanding why people feel the way that they do, and and I think that most people have have a good intention and they mean well. Um, it's just that. They're not exposed to uh, the information. The information in a better way of thinking, or a better way of approaching, or just you know, reevaluating themselves and and why they're doing mm. what they're doing. What's 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 the purpose? And a lot of it, and speaking to a lot of a lot of people over the years, has been very similar to what what many of us started out. We we had this drive of of wanting to be in front of people and having the the acknowledgement and, and the attention mm. and and the praise and feeling like we're important and, and feeling validated. Mm. All these great all these things because maybe for whatever reason some of us didn't get it or didn't get it to the extent that we wanted and so there's a level of uh, dissatisfaction there and so we're we're hungry for it and there's a hole missing and we're trying to fill it but it doesn't matter how how much we chuck in there we're never going to fill that hole and no. and so there's this that's when it becomes personal that's when it becomes emotional and that's when people get so clouded in what they do that they mean well they work hard but they've got no direction they've got no focus and then when somebody else does something and they're doing what you want to do, then that's when people act inappropriately and say silly things yeah. because it's it's hit home. It, it becomes personal and, and it's an, and it, they feel it's an attack on themselves and that's that's a really hard thing to do. And unfortunately, it's not just metal; it's just it's music in general. Music's just one of those things that brings out uh, a real vulnerable side to people, and and people put their heart heart on their sleeve. And not all of us are really good at. Uh, having a level of emotional intelligence to be able to have, you know, that self-awareness and all these qualities that many of us should have, um, mm. but, but lack. Um, and it's, it's a big, it's a big challenge. And, you know, that's, that's another, that's another rabbit hole, which I 
definitely will not go down because I reckon we could talk for ages. But the whole <laughs> the whole men- the whole mental health topic and everything that's been discussed um, quite a bit over the past several months and even the last you know couple of years. Um, and it's good and that's been spoken about a lot more. But this stems from a lot of that frustration and a lot of people not understanding why they're doing what they're doing or feeling that the music or the the success or whatever it is is going to fill a hole that more than likely is never going to be filled that way. And, and the only way it's going to be filled is by you working, doing self-work and working on yourself and working out who you really are and what makes you happy and what um, you want from it. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's trying to get past that, that, that short term immediate gratification, that, that little burst of adrenaline, that little bit of validation yeah, and just getting past that. And that's, that's a, that's a human challenge. Um, even more so it than, is. Than, a, than a music musician. A musician. Yeah. yeah, no, everything you've just described, it just sounds like human behavior. Like that mm-hmm. sounds so human, but the, it's so like music, music, I like, I know to like music means so much to me. It's so precious. And the the music that I has that I attach to significant times in my life, whether it's joy or, you know, suffering, it is so precious to me and important to me. Like it, you know, I can I can hear a particular song and I'll just go I'll just be shot right back through time. Mm. It's unreal. And people it means so much to people which is like you know gasoline when it comes to emotional unintelligence. Yep, it's and it's just rife. So when people and you see it across not just musicians, you see it everywhere. If there's someone that doesn't feel they're getting what they deserve, which is just not something you should do. But if this, you know, it, a lot of people don't get to the point in their life where you know they'll, they'll see someone and they're succeeding and I was like, oh, he's probably got advantages. Like he probably knows his parents are rich. That's a common one in music really, isn't it? You hear that all the time. It's like on the bingo of successful band, rich parents. And, and, and like what I, you know, talking about how I've changed and the biggest things I do, and this is Russell Brand from that podcast. Mm. The one it's like I said, I'd never heard people talk like this. He was like, oh, everyone's got advantages. And like, he's probably, you know, and I dealt with it with breakups and, and, you know, the next boyfriend for them. Mm. I was like, oh, you know, it's not really fair. He's, you know, parents live here or, you know, he's had this upbringing. And it's like, no, Jonathan. No, it, like all of this is just a deflection. There is something you are not dealing with yourself. There is something you are not doing or, you know, are doing. And I think that is a lot of the things. It's like it, our example of, you know, the, no one else was emailing these promoters asking for the show. <laughs> but like people was like, oh, they've got advantages or they're sucking all the dicks. It's like, no, like there is something you're not doing. So I like I, I take that. I take that everywhere. All of these wonderful lessons. You like conversations like this, Andrew, I fucking live for this mm. because death is coming and I don't have time to talk to you about the fucking weather. Like, tell me <laughs> how you are, you know, tell me what's going on. But, um, yeah, people fail to um, remember, and, boy, we are getting into some murky waters here, but people fail to remember that everyone was born with the same roll of the fucking dice of where you end up and you you really you just really do need to 
work with what you have. You know, like you, it, I am lucky. I hit the jackpot. I'm a Caucasian heterosexual male in the first world. So my life should be good. Like I've realized this recently. I was chatting to a mate. I was like, man, I realized recently, like, you know, I've been praising myself. I was like, oh, you've really pulled yourself together in the last year, haven't you, young man? But really, I'm living life on easy mode, man. Like if I don't have a great life, then really I've, I'd have to fuck up pretty bad. And people do because I was just black. And I realized it's like, you know, I've got, I can, instead of seeing all my disadvantages, I started seeing my advantages. Hmm. And when you see them, you can start to use them. And like what you aim at determines what you see. Like it, that, that's a, a big, there's like experiments that, you know, prove that there's one experiment because our, our vision is so expensive. This is some Jordan Peterson stuff. If you've read 12 Rules for Life. I haven't yet. Put that on your list. Mm. It'll, it'll resonate with you. But um, as I was saying, it's like vision is expensive. And we, we can't see everything that's going on around us at all times because we just be have no energy. Like we need so many calories because we see in such high death. But um, anyway, like we, you can't possibly take everything in. And this one experiment where they had these people watch a video of these two basketball teams, one in black, one in white, passing the ball. As like count how many times the black team passed it. And at the end of the video, they count. It was like, I think it was like 16 is the answer or something. And um, it was like, yes, yeah, very good. Did you see the gorilla? And, every, and <laughs> most people did not notice that halfway through the video, a guy in a gorilla outfit stands right in the middle of the basketball court and beats his chests and dance. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that is you, that should horrify you. If you have any sense that should horrify you about how long you've been going out there into the world, making decisions based on, you know, for me, it was how am I going to be with the prettiest girl? How am I going to get the biggest spotlight how am I going to tear this person down to make myself look mightier? Hmm. Like that's where I was. So once I stopped seeing other people's advantages and understand that they, it's just the role of the dice, then I, you could get, you can get to work finally when you actually realize where you're at. And there's a, another wonderful thing I discovered when I started learning is, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, it's what's it's some, something about like the, the, the less, you know, the more you think, you know, hmm. well, I started to learn and realized I was a fucking moron and I've been <laughs> saying all this shit on all of these topics and I'd argue with fucking anyone over and I didn't know fucking anything about it. And I've since observed how, people in like entry-level retail jobs will talk shit about how an engineer built something. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's trash. Like, you know, understand where you are and make changes. And if you think you can do a better job than the engineer, then you, you wouldn't be where you are. You know what I mean? Like, so I discovered I was a moron and I discovered I was also a moron in, in a you know a, a literal sense, but also in an emotional sense. And when I started reading and realized how dumb I was, and then I, it, it's a really humbling experience to start dabbling in things and learning and 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 trying things and failing. It's like it's that's some Gary V stuff. Like he to to fail at things. That's it. Eat shit. He, he, it's it, you eat shit and fail hmm. and 
I'm lucky because I've, I'm 29 and like, you know, as Gary Vee would put it, I could fucking fail for the next six years and then only be 35. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very important thing for people to realize is that you, you just, you have to, what's this quote I had the other day? Oh, if I pulled it out of the hat, it really would have capped off a magnificent rant. It was gone. <laughs> uh, start where you are. Use what you have, do what you can. So if you really fucking want to play guitar, but, you know, can't uh, like uh, afford one or, you know, so if you want to be, get into music, hum, you know, like hum. If you really want to do it, you'll hum. And then you'll save up your five cents a week until you can afford that $800 guitar. Like, if, you know, you have to, you don't, just throw it in because right now you can't do everything you want. Mm. It's, we're not taught that life is long. Like life is fucking long, Andrew. Like the, and it's, it's either you're gone in a flash or you're going to live to your 90 and we're starting to live longer. So, you know, you're not, it's to sit around and, and think, like, well, I haven't really got time to take up the loot. Like bullshit. You, you do, do it today. Somehow. Like watch watch a YouTube or something on it. Just be be learning the loot. You can still learn the loot, an instrument. You don't have to play, and you can take that to with, with anything in life. But the instrument's a good example because how many times in your life, Andrew, have you had the conversation with someone and they've said something like, "Always wanted to learn an instrument, but I'm too dumb, or I don't have time. I don't have like the coordination that. to do it." Yeah, yeah I'm not. Like I am repulsed by that shit. <laughs> I am repulsed by that kind of human. Especially the I don't have time one like that gets me that gets my hair up because you know it, it reflects my old behaviour at me like this time thing. Mm. But well, you know, man, well, you know, at the time I could see someone's day and it was like if you think you don't have time, write out your day for me yeah, right I'll now show you right from now. wake up to end, and I'll show you I'll show you your where fucking time. I'll show you where you're wasting wasting your day. But I think yeah, and even if you work sixty hours a week and complain about it, is well, go and look for another job. That's right. There's always go. A, there's always a. There's always an answer. Well, there's always something. It there's, is. There's it's an always an answer. Yeah. There's always an option. People, we've tricked ourselves, and we've been fooled into believing there are none, but there, there are. And I if think, you want to do something. Yeah, and I think the time the time thing can have a couple of meanings behind it. One of it is that feeling of just being overwhelmed where everything moves so quickly and we're distracted all the time. There's a million different things happening. And, yeah. And, because and learning something is slow. Yeah. And we've, we've overcommitted to everything. So we've, we've, over, we've said yes to too many things in life or we feel that we've said too many things and, and it's just, it's beyond our capacity. But I think other things, other reasons why people say they don't have time is not so much that they don't have time. It's I don't want to face the challenge because and it means fail. and fail because I have to then face the fact that I'm going to be really bad at this. I'm going to be mm. exposed to this. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to go through this process. People may see me doing a really shit job at this and I'm going to have to yep. start from a place that is not going to be fun whatsoever. So then people will say all of these different reasons, including time. But the other thing, like when you talk about people with sport or, or music's one of the best ones because a lot of people say these, these types of things, but they say, look, I'm, I'm just not a musical person or I, I, mm. or I don't really have the pitch for it or, uh, yeah, I don't have the coordination or anything. But where a lot of that stuff comes from um, is 
what is drilled into us over the years from whether it be family or work colleagues, friends or whatever, where we start to pigeonhole people. We tell people that, oh, you know, Jono, look, yeah, you're pretty, you, you, you're not a very coordinated guy, you know. Oh, you know, Jono, Jono's got a reputation. He's, he's, he's such a clumsy guy. Yeah, he's not very good at mm, that. Or, or not oh, have an accident. That's right. He's, he's, not, yeah. he's, he's not the creative kind of guy. He's a bit more of a numbers guy, if you know what I mean. Like he's, yeah, he's a bit more of an that. analytical kind of person and you become it. But you can be whatever the hell you want. And so there's a mm. there's another book, um, and I think I don't know whether I gave this in that list to you, but um, it's called Mindset, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I'll for anybody that's still listening to us crap on, I think I'm going to split this. Into- <laughs> I, 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 I've been, I forgot for a while there was actually recording. I looked down and went, oh, shit. Okay, cool. All right. So I've got a game plan with this, but I'll get to that later. Um, but for people that are still listening, um, I'll put I'll put something in the show notes when I find the book, but it's from Carol, Carol, Carol Dweck or something like that. And what it is, it's about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And mm-hmm. fixed mindset is those limiting beliefs it's that narrative it's that bs in your head that says i'm not that type of person you know well i'm i'm an impatient person or i don't really have that type of personality you know or um you know the only like i don't have like my whole family like it it runs in the family we're not very good at sport and we're not very we're not very musical family i didn't grow up with music and it's all this stuff where um we're told what the limitations are on ourselves, And so as a result, mm. that becomes our narrative. And we learn this from people that we look up to, teachers and parents and other people out there. And so you you believe it and you become it. You become what you believe. And so people live this path and this life where they truly deep down believe that they're not capable of doing certain things. And so mm. the other thing is that we we pra- praise people for results. We praise people for their achievements, like their. Oh. Their, so when when they when a kid does something and they score a goal or they get an A on their tests, like oh you're so smart or oh you're such a good sport, like you're good at soccer or whatever it is, and you're feeding into their result rather than the effort. And so the whole thing is it's not the, the result is almost a byproduct of what you're doing in the meantime. It's that journey thing. So the growth mindset is you growing and learning along the way. It's the journey. So when they talk about children as, as this really easy example, but um, when a child puts in effort and works really hard, then the praise should come from a place of you've worked so hard and I'm very proud of you because you've applied yourself and you've dedicated yourself Mm. to get in there and do it. And regardless of your outcome, whatever that result was, it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to praise you on that because I know that this is what you've done. This is the effort that you put into. Then what happens is, and from a whole bunch of different studies and blah, 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 they've realized that people that have been praised in that way with regards to the effort that they put in do far better at problem solving and meeting um, or facing adversity right. and problems and challenges in life because they can sit back and they understand that their input and their energy that they put into something will ensure or put them in a better position to succeed. Whereas somebody who's been praised all their life because you know they're they're good looking or they're they're so athletic or they always get top marks, but as soon as that person hits a challenge in their life, their whole world falls apart. Crumble. 
because they they don't they haven't been given the right type of praise they've and they've developed a fixed mindset they're fixed in their capabilities and they've been told a certain thing so for me like when i read that i just like that was a, that was a that fucking like just opened my Blue mind, mind. oh yeah because what as you said before like when you start to learn all these things you 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 realize just how fucking dumb you are like or what yeah. or what what your what your limitations are or your, or your your weaknesses and and all these things and you think like i I thought I was pretty shit hot at certain things. And then you realize that, oh, wow, no, I tell myself that. And that's BS. And, um, you know, I look for shortcuts all the time and I'm looking for the easy way out. And no, I don't like hard work or I don't like putting in focus work or whatever that might be. I don't like putting in effort. And then suddenly I'm, and then I go, huh, well, that might be the reason why these things aren't good in my life. These are the things that I'm dissatisfied because I haven't put in the effort. So then it just goes into this deep thing of self-reflection and a bit of self-loathing in there as well. But um, it's just this, you know, you used the word before, it's this woke moment. You know, you have these moments Mm. where you just go, oh, geez, that makes sense. Like it falls, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's like this gigantic, I had this thing the other day, this this, uh, sort of, picture in my head this visual of me just on this constant journey of just stumbling and falling over and just trying to work life out and it's this picture of those fucking shit puzzles that like these five thousand ten thousand piece puzzles and it's just a crappy bunch of flowers or a castle or something like that but this but it's when you tip the box upside down and they're all this pile of fucking pieces of puzzle but the puzzle has no picture, it has no borders, and the and the puzzles and the pieces are never ending. But what you've got to do mm. in that massive fucking pile of pieces is sift through them to see which ones connect. And you start and you just start building oh, off, off that's it. That's fantastic. And, and it doesn't like you get to the age of 90 or whatever it is, whenever your last day is, and there's still pieces there. And the pieces never never end. But you're, you're, constantly, oh. you're constantly trying to work out where to put where those pieces connect and when you connect them it's like this moment and you go oh wow that's so cool oh wow i had no idea oh that's amazing and and it's just a little incremental growth and you can see it and you and then you look back and you can see what you've done so far but it's never ending it's never going to end that's fantastic but it's fun that's a fantastic visual representation of life yeah and and that way that goes back to the journey it goes back to growth and there's no hole that you feel that you have to fill you're not filling mm. anything you're 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 creating something you're building on what you've already built you know the foundations that you've already created and you're continuing to get better and better and there's no end goal there's no end in sight it's just to be the best that you possibly can in that moment in time and to just constantly be seeking out something a little bit better and not to put pressure on yourself or not to stress yourself out or to say that your current state isn't good enough it's just that you can always do better you can you can always do better and and that's fun especially if you think things aren't like they should be it's, oh, that's fantastic. That's I'm unwrapping that in my mind right now. I really like what you said about like the, the the empty reward, like the the reward without effort is not. It's not the same. Yep. One one of the it reminds me of how I came to turn my I, know, I suppose career. So I'm not really sure if it's an appropriate word, but when it came to my day job, I don't know if it's a career. When it came to my day job. I loved to tell people how hard my day job was. You know, we, we all do. We like, it's a weird thing that it friends will 
battle about is who works the fucking hardest. Like, oh, I did, you know, 40 hours. It was like, oh, lucky you. Oh, you know, like it's this, this fucking, this struggle Olympics that we all have. And it's across the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. you, it's like, oh, I was, I was, you know, bullied as a child. It really destroyed. It was like, oh, lucky you. I was bullied twice. You know, it's this suffering Olympics, <laughs> horrible, right? Like this thing. So like I was a part of the suffering Olympics because, you know, I, I'm a, like a, a strong 20-something-year-old. So, I, like, I lift boxes for a living. Like, you know, it's like, well, he's strong. Put him in there in that warehouse and he can have his dreams and whatnot. So, anyway, I'm in the warehouse working what I think is working my ass off because I'm uneducated when it comes to business. So, I'm down there thinking I'm working my absolute ass off and – I get home and play my video games and, you know, neglect a relationship. <laughs> like, you know, just going through that absolute nostalgic loop of, oh, I can't wait to finish work so I can go home and do something that makes me forget that I'm probably going to do this for the rest of my life, for, you know, until I wake <laughs> up tomorrow and go back. Yeah. And so when I was in Japan, I was in Kyoto and it was like the third day I'm there. So like it's my first time out of the country. I've had that experience of stepping out of Tokyo airport and I'm in the fucking woods. I want to use that as a visual, mm. a, a, like a, rep- a dramatic representation of what it was like. I was in the forest and I'm like alone and the, all the sight, like there's a little bit of English about, you know, like, and I was just like lost and this fucking overwhelming happiness this mix of like happiness and not fear, but like the fear quickly turned into adrenaline and I just could not get the smile off my face. And I was like, what have you done? You, like, you cannot like, how the fuck are you going to find your way around this? <laughs> and uh, like, I was just like ready for that challenge. So anyway, it's day three and I'm sort of in my routine. I'm in Kyoto and I've got, I've just had the food in Japan, Andrew, just mm-hmm. everything they do. Just had this amazing <laughs> eggs and bacon I've got a coffee and I've, uh, before I left, I went on my PC at home here and I went to Google Maps and in each city I stayed in, I went to my accommodation on Google Maps and just started scrolling out. Anything interesting, flag it. So when I'm on my phone, like I, I got into this habit as the third day of waking up, sipping my coffee in the streets. I'm surrounded by these trees and these ravens just squawking mm. and just stunning. And I'm looking at my phone to see which ridiculously prestigious monument am I going to go and look at and have profound life (laughs) epiphanies about today you know like and I just something clicked in me and I was like if I was a millionaire this is this is what I would be doing with my time and I was like it was as if it's again we're going to break this in but uh, like it awoke that (laughs) you don't need millions of dollars to have the life you want because th- that Japan tri- trip cost me about $3,500, and I reckon I could do it cheaper knowing how fucking good the service station food is. Anyway. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. So I'm in Kyoto. I'll get the coffee. I've realized that I'm a millionaire. And then when I got back from Japan, after that huge journey, like the the, the musical undoing, discovering this Ben Delacour guy that just mm. – it was as if he just put the uh, uh, pin prick right on my heart, that last part of it that needed to break. And I was like, Psh, I was like, there you go. Now you can rebuild. Anyway, so I've had these profound 
things in Japan. And I got back and I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've started microdosing LSD. And one day I said to myself, I am going to be the best fucking entry-level storeman that ever existed. (laughs) I'm going to go to work and it's not a problem. It's like, well, this is all I'm qualified to do. And I'm not even fucking very good at that. Like I haven't been, I've been shit at this. Like if I'm, how the fuck am I going to run a business if I can't even do the shit kicking properly? So I, you know, I went and like weeks and um, and like a couple of months rolled by and every day it was just this effort. To, I woke up and I became present and I'm like going in again. And if there's a troubled customer, it's my job to fix. You know, I just went and bet this is the best at my shit day job. And eventually I started getting, to get given more responsibility. Like people trusted me with things. I had more purpose. The people would start to come to me because they knew I would take on the job or, you know, I wouldn't um, roll my eyes when I got asked to do something. Yep. They'd be like, yeah, sure, man. I'll, if I, I'll help you if I can. Like that was my attitude. And after a few months of that, I, I had all these responsibilities. I went to my manager and said, I love being this engaged at work. I love having the extra responsibility, but when but, you know, when, I, when I'm doing them, I feel like I'm worth more. Can I please be trained higher? And they're all for it. So, like, in the, all of a sudden, my 40 hours a week aren't going to waste because, the, you know, the, the company has faith in me enough to let me try to work my way up. So, like, there's purpose. I'm not just shit-kicking boxes around. Like, I'll, I'll get handed the bills and be like, hey, man, I need to show you how to pay these. Like I'm learning business and like it just, all I had, you know, all I had to do was just really work. Like I, I thought I was working and, you know, my pay packet was a reward, but it was like hollow. Like there's no lasting value in a pay packet unless you, again, financial education, know what to do with it. But I realized that those pay packets, they're finite. You're only going to get a certain amount of fucking paychecks because I cannot lift boxes forever And I was in counseling sort of at the same time because I love mental health professionals. Like even if I'm not going through anything, if I can get a couple free from work for whatever, like I'll go. Like I love talking to mental health professionals. But one question that one woman asked me was like, Jonathan, what on earth are you going to do when you're 38 and your back's gone and you can't lift boxes anymore? (laughs) And like it was like a huge like, oh, I can't do anything else. So to go and it's like it needed to give my like fill out this the actual effort side like I was I thought I was putting in effort but I was really going in and you know giving 75 percent and then wanting all the reward and be like oh I'm wasted here like why why doesn't anyone promote me you know this real fucking useless and it's it's so common Mm -hmm. it's it's the working man's plight what you know wasted you know could have been this could have been that but like I went in and started really working and I work so fucking hard now, but that has become normal for me to go like and go in and care and really care and put in that effort. And when I get home and I get in front of my computer and I, I'm, you know, adding drums or like trying to mix something, it just feels different. When I get those moments where I get to sit in Kyoto or sit in Banff and drink a coffee and look at the mountains and actually get that time off, it's different because I am actually am applying myself into the effort stage. It takes a lot of effort to put some money together to go and travel, but like I'm re- like really earning it. So those rewards come and they're just 
much sweeter and they're not short-term gratifications these are these are long-term things you know and it's when you stop ripping into short-term gratifications and just coasting to get there and, and, and that you know that's not just the work is a good example but in life there are just many things that will just coast to those short-term gratifications as opposed to saving for a big trip i mean like why on earth are you going to cultivate your own vegetable patch and wait months to make a salad for your family uh, you know of shit you've grown and look back and be like look at i did that when you could just smash heroin into your veins and get endorphins right away <laughs> Like it's, you know, th there's reward, sure, but <laughs> like it, it's the same, it's the same chemicals essentially. Like we're, we're all just chasing that endorphin rush. And if you chase it long term and really put in effort, then it's sweeter and more sustainable, more importantly. Like if, if you actually believe life is really short, then you should probably go and just do a bunch of heroin because it's the best. It's literally, it's just dopamine. Like, get it in you and have it, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> That's but, right. Good you luck. know, I, I am going to try and put something, I'm going to struggle and I'm going to go to back to university and fucking suck at it and realize it's not the right time. And I'm going to, yeah, like try and my hardest at work. But I'm also going to try to do this. Like, I'm going to try and fail things. Heroin's plan B. <laughs> if, if all of this doesn't work, then like yeah, smash yeah. me up. But well, there's your worst case scenario. You've got a plan for that, yeah. so Heroin. you're sweet. You're sweet no matter what. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it, like it's addicts, like people that come off it. They tell you never to try it, not because it's bad, just because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think like if you if you get used to that level of dopamine, like how on earth am I going to look into the eyes of my firstborn child and feel love if I know what heroin's like? <laughs> you know, like it, no, it's still nothing not, will ever get that close. Sorry, little one, but it's still not good enough. <laughs> yeah, like this was great, and I love you, but, but. heroin is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Got to worry about that, man, oh. where you get your endorphins because you're training your brain. If you're on Tinder and you, you you love promiscuous and you're good at it, like your brain is training to know that if you make this swipe left movement and it gets a pang of endorphins, you probably are going to struggle to stop and have a meaningful relationship one day because that's not what your brain has trained to get that pang. You've got to be very mindful where you are investing your energy and getting your your rewards for it you have to be very mindful because you're training that that's it and the, and then the other thing that's probably worth distinguishing as well is like that short-term gratification you can get short-term gratification through growth through um through the journey through these things of self-work and self-development and the little incremental things along the way that's that's also short-term gratification because you're enjoying the process the problem is is that it's not. It's it. It takes more effort. Not tangible. It's, it will takes. It takes more effort to be able to get to that point. There's a lot more effort involved. It's too. Yeah, I think, so, and people not being able to see it. That's important that, too. Yeah, like absolutely, we love yeah. to make our journeys tangible. Like that. That's what we're trying to do as a race right now by developing AI. We want to make ourselves important and tangible because we don't want this to end. We're clinging to it. Like you know, right. we yeah. cling to our journey a bit. We want people to know how hard we work. That's right. Yeah. But because you can't see it, but we want people, we need it to be important. And the, and a lot of these decisions that people are making now or have always made, it's, it's just the easiest thing to do. It's, it's the, it's the, it's a path of least resistance where mm. we can, we can gravitate towards 
a drink, different type of drug, whatever it might be, um, some form shopping, of, yeah, shop, yeah. retail therapy, uh, you know, pornography, very, pornography fucking anything every, addictive, man. That's like, right. Oh man! But, but there, it's all at our fingertips, and it doesn't involve a lot of energy. It's very easy no. to obtain, and it's very easy to get that gratification, get get that rush, get that feeling very very quickly, and so all this self-work that we've been talking about and and you know having a, a new perspective of all these situations that we're in things that you know on the surface of a, of a mundane jo- job that doesn't seem mm. to be giving much progression or pathway or, or any sort of uh, purpose. purpose or anything like that but to be able to work at that concept and be able to find the light in it and find uh, find something that you can turn around and go what's the most I can make of this situation what yes. is, what what have I what, what have I got at my fingertips that I can absolutely maximize to increase my happiness and to cre- increase my opportunity and that's that's not easy that's not an immediate gratification you, it can get to a point with a lot of work and a lot of self work to turn that into short into short term gratification, but mm. it's but it's not easy. And so for many people, they don't get to that point because it's not easy. It's not immediate. And so I think where, well, at least from my end, where I want to get to, and I have bursts of this at times, is the the struggle. You know that that mm-hmm. the 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 challenges along the way, any any sort of barrier that I hit, um, any rejection I get, any failure along the way is is being reinterpreted and reprogrammed for myself to be gratification. It's it it's yes. becoming this this hit, and, and you're in love with the journey. That's it, yeah. And just going, this is this is cool. Like this, yes, it hurts. Yeah. Yes, I'm shocked. Yes, I'm feeling raw. Yes, my my blood levels are rising. I'm feeling like anxious and and stressed out. And, you're and, alive. And, and yeah, that's right. And I go, wow, this. I'm on the verge of growth. I'm on the verge of doing something more than I would ever do in the past because I have been forced into a situation that's making me uncomfortable. And I also mm. and I t- say to a few other people as well, especially people that get really close to giving up on stuff, they have a great idea and they, and they're, they're executing and they're doing really well, but they hit that roadblock. They hit that, that moment of adversity along the way and they're getting ready to throw that towel in. And, and mm. I've said to so many people and I say it to myself as well, this is the point where everybody else around you stops. And this is where they get yes. up. This is where they throw in the towel. But you or me is, this is, this is where it's different for us. Because we're going to break through that where not a lot of other people are able to do it. And this is the opportunity. This is the doorway being open and in front of us. And this is where we're going to see something dramatically change in us and in what we're doing. And whatever that, whatever we're striving for, whatever version of success we're after, whatever, whatever that intention is, um, it, that will become more of a reality and be more attainable if we're pushing ourselves through that through that moment where a lot of people go, eh, no, nah, too hard basket. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna. This is not for me. I'm not that type of person. Mm. I, I was never cut out for this. I don't have the skill set or blah 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 blah. And and that's why, like you know, you've you've been on the self starter thing with me, and and a lot of the stuff that I talk about on that podcast is about people breaking through these thresholds, these these things, mm. and they and I've. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got really good friends of mine who, when I told them I was doing this podcast, and they said, "Small business is the is the 
one of the most damaging things that uh, someone someone could do or something along those lines. And I'm like, why? And they said, mm. and they're like, and they gave me some fucking random statistic saying. 85% of businesses go bankrupt within the first 12 months or within the first three years. And and um, and this puts a massive uh, emotional and financial strain on families and individuals. And, and there's a high suicide rate because of um, people being propped up to, to think that they can achieve something. But there's so many other factors out there that shoot us down and stop us. Big, larger corporations, um, government policies, taxes, and all this sort of stuff. And I just sat there and I went... No doubt, no doubt. There's been these people that have that have had these tragic endings, but but is that is that out of people's control or is that in their control? And mm. I just think that though that eighty whatever percent are the people that got to that point and said, "I'm out," and they throw the towel in. And maybe if they just yeah. held on another month or another year or whatever it was and just pushed through, read and- an, one more book. That would teach them about one more you know, book. Ta- corporations and taxes, like sheltered hedge funds, and one, you know, one, one more book. One little, one little piece of information that went, oh my god, I didn't realize that. That's it. That's what I need. That's the missing piece, and I didn't even know there was a missing piece. I didn't know what it was, and now, I, and, and I'm okay now. But people don't yeah. get to that point, and and so they they give in or they crash and burn and all these things happen. But it's once again, it's that mentality of people being very conservative, being very risk adverse and saying, safe, you know, get a job, you know, the stability mm. in, a, in a contract, in a job. It's like, there's nothing stable anymore. There's, you know, maybe, maybe 50 years ago, there's a bit of stability in, in a traditional job, but it's different these days. And I just think that people just miss out on so much. They miss out on so much opportunity and potential because they just don't, take that step and push through and um and unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that mean really really well they mean they're they're looking out for other people they care for other people but they're not helping they're just they're they're helping build that wall around that person to say you you shouldn't go past here and that's it you need to you need to turn around go back because i this is the best for you trust me i know i know Mm. what's best for you and they and it's not that they're trying to sabotage them but it's just it's it's their own fears being projected onto somebody else and Mm. and that's and that's a that's a big hurdle that a lot of people have to go through and it's um it's a big challenge it's a big challenge Um, it is so there you go. You've really got to pick your gurus, man. You've got to, you've got to understand information that's coming at you. Like it, like you're talking about friends, you know, giving off advice like that. Like it's great to be objective and be like, hang on a minute, this friend is, you know, works in retail. Like you know, it's like if you've got to understand where the information is coming from. Like if I found, I've always found that like you know your parents their instinct is to preserve you. So they will give you advice based on anything to keep you alive. Like a, a loved one, like your wife or a husband or a partner will give you advice basing on, like based on saying the right thing for you to not leave them. Hmm. Like, you know, because there's a the codependency there. But friends, like if you can find the right friends that are emotionally intelligent and honest, that's when you'll move quickly through through things. Like they're they're the, the best to have around. Like emotionally intelligent, honest friends to give you advice. Like and someone you be like, hey man, I think about doing this. Like that's a fucking dumb idea. <laughs> like really, why? And they'd be like, well, first of all, not. Well, I once heard from someone that read that eighty five percent of small businesses go bankrupt in the first year. Like not that kind of advice. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you got to yeah. find 
something like, you know, ask someone that owns a business, like, hey, tell me about it. That's right. Like, oh, it was a fuck, it was a fucking slog. But then, you know, you should, if I had started again and I knew, I wish I'd known this, you know, you need to. Here's where I fucked up. You can't just, yeah, don't ask your fucking heroin addicted friends for advice about, you know, what's good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, be picky. You're allowed to be. Don't. Weird. And even like you don't even have to take advice from your family, you know. Like if you don't, you, you, you don't. You don't. it's not you can pick. It, it's a, there's a lot of nuance to it. You don't you're not really bound in such ways as I think we we all grow up believing we are bound to things. Well, you know, if, if, if no, your family's bad news, fucking you know, to, don't don't give them the time just because they're family. If there's other, you know. Well, don't, that's um, right. Don't it, give people the time for any old reason. Well, that's right. There's a there's a default assumption, and it's it's just a stereotype expectation that you 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 lean on your family, and your family knows best, and and you know there's a there's a blood link there, so there must be there must be a legitimate connection there that uh, that overrides everything else. But I mean, one thing that I've I've learned over time is that I whilst we we all share many different traits and we're very common and we're we're far more similar than we are unique we are still individuals based off our own environment our upbringing the people and the experiences that we've been exposed to over over time um, mm. so our storyline our narrative is always going to be slightly different to everybody else so for me like I will lean on particular people for particular pieces of advice but even when I'm getting that mm-hmm. advice it's not gospel for me. Like I, I will take bits and pieces of information and it's not for me to try and seek out the information that I want to hear, but I'll Mm. realize, but what I'm trying to do is understand what applies in my situation and what might not. And this is also really valuable for people that give you really fucking shit advice as well, or people that are not so much a bad influence, but people just, uh, you know, you might not be able to shake them in your life. They might be related to you or somebody that's just, you have to experience them through a work setting or anything like that. Um, so you can't avoid them, but their presence and their actions and what they do also gives you advice indirectly. It gives you, it shows you how not to be. It shows you how mm. other people act. And so, uh, you know, I, I say this with, with Jess as well, like, you know, when on a day-to-day basis and we come in contact with lots of people and we'll, we'll have a bitch and a moan about how, you know, fucking shit somebody is or some mistake that they've made or some opinion that someone said. And we always sort of catch each other and just say, but if that person didn't come into our life and just was just left this chaotic path of destruction, um, we wouldn't have learned anything from it. And if anything, that's probably mm. good that we've experienced that because now there's another example out there of what not to do. Not there's, to do. There's another exa- There's another aspect or a, or a different take on a situation where I've gone, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that because I can see... I'm not going to do that in the future. That's right. I can see what the potential consequences are by thinking a particular way or saying something or acting on something or whatever that might be. And so I think it's really important that yeah we we can we can strive to try and find the the best of you know the the sum of the five people the best people that we surround ourselves with and, and be inspired by them and have great great people but um i think there's just a lot i never count out the bad people oh no yeah very important to have them i think there's just got to be exposure to everybody and everything but it's it's having it's having your own self-awareness to be able to 
to separate from the situation, have that healthy detachment and say, mm. I'm going to take little bits and pieces from this and I know what is going to be valuable and what's not and and then apply it and, and go from there. And it's just like this, it's just constant social experiment. It's just, it's just, you know, seeing what, what, I mean, this is a really horrible thing to say, but seeing what the lab rats are doing, you know, <laughs> just seeing, mm. seeing how, <laughs> seeing how, <laughs> how, they're re- so true. how they're reacting to a situation <laughs> and feed them this and see what happens or put them in a, yeah. situa- a social, social situation where they have to act in a particular way, watch them be uncomfortable, watch how somebody reacts, um, unfavorably to to something that they don't agree with or they you know, mm. and then suddenly you can see oh, I can see a pattern here I can see I can see something that links up and I can see why these things relate to each other or I can see someone's motivation and then that also gives you compassion for other people because then you can understand why people do the things that they do um, so you you sort of learn on a number of different levels but um, it's just a it's a constant state of trial and error and just getting used to just talking to as many and experiencing as many different people as possible. Yeah. That is the best way to, to in Buddhism, they're called teachers, people, you know, yep. you come across that they clang with you like that because they're the best opportunity to be mindful, best training, like sparring partner for, to become mindful and understand and, and practice compassion and understand that you would think all of these things if you had led their life. Yep. It, that's they're they're you if you'd led their exact life and you are them if they you know and it's there was a great meditation i did early on when i first started and it was uh we had it's tong lens give and take Hmm. and so you had to think of a lot someone you loved who's going through something horrible and you 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 focused on wanting to relieve them of that horrific thing whatnot and then you know for the next little while you think of a stranger so or, or an acquaintance someone you know but don't know, you know, somewhere between that and the same things like, you know, try, you know, un, no, you, you have to know that they're going through something horrible because that there that's a given. Every single human has suffered. You, you take away from them and eventually you work your way back to someone you don't like, like an enemy, mm. and you have to want them to be relieved of their suffering. Mm. And it got to a point where... I turned up to one of these meditations and we did that exercise and I got to the point where someone I don't like and I realized I don't hate anyone. <laughs> there is no one in the world that I hate. Like, and I, because I understand that there is something that has led them to become like that. So, like, you know, something for whatever, then there's an infinite spectrum of possibilities for why someone might've done something or do something. And I mean, the, the, like the the hard a hard one, the hardest one to grasp was would be like an ex girlfriend's new boyfriend, <laughs> like especially in, in the sense of my last relationship, like she she didn't come back to me to stay with him. Hmm. So for me to understand, like look at it objectively, as like she you know she saw a chance for something. And I understood that way back down here in Hobart, now I'm just binge drinking and playing video games. Like, of course she didn't want to come back. You know, like it was stale here. But for him, for me to understand is like, well, you know, he's, he's walked in and, you know, seen this girl. Like uh, uh, that's all he did. Like there's no malice involved in it. Yeah. It's just, you know, without the story, it's just two people meeting and, 
like I was always really just a horrific, horrendously, a horrendously possessive and jealous mm. person when I was young, like really, really, really horrible. And for me to get to the point where I realized there is no one on earth I hate because I understand and to, like tolerate and am compassionate, like for them, that like I, that put a real smile, smile on my face. It's like that was a huge mile marker in this meta, in just this, oh, I don't like it. God, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to say it again. Awakening. Yeah. But <laughs> that was that was a huge pivot point when I because I can I can hear someone like say the most ridiculous shit and I like and like you not jumping in to sort them out. I can just go, huh, and I'll be fine. Like I'll just like I won't think about it at night. I was like, oh, I should have said this. I had the I had the silver bullet to take them down. You know, like, and I won't do that. I'll just be like, that's, well, oh, wow, I disagree. And I don't even have to say that. Just in my own head, I'll just be like, I disagree with this, but bringing it up in this social situation is not going to accomplish anything. And it's it's not my fucking duty to fix everyone. You know, like, you yeah. can just let it go. It's like, I have a ridiculous opinion. And so that's, like, have you, I looked it up recently to find out what I actually am religiously because... You you know you you either you worship something whether you're conscious of conscious of it or not you mm. do worship something, and I realised that I believe all of them, and I was like there must be a word for it and I found it out there is it's omniism, mm. it, it, I'm an omniist it's <laughs> I believe all of them because I understand how somebody can take a religious scripture and apply it to their life and it, have it make sense. Mm. And what gave it away from me for me is Jordan Peterson. He's got this these lectures series on YouTube called Maps of Meaning. Highly recommend it if you. I love storytelling and whatnot. But he's to breaking down Adam and Eve, and you know, you know the the Garden of Eden. It's like this dramatic representation of this parental figure creating this perfectly safe environment for his children, and you know, life thing. You know, a snake like chaos sneaks in. The snakes creeps in and you know fucks it all up and is that's not his exact words he's much more eloquent than I but to me that sounds like a perfect representation of being young and coming into adulthood your parents want to keep you safe they keep you walled in as like hey don't go over there that's bad and your curiosity goes I kind of want to go over there and then someone something comes in this in this at this point it's a snake it comes in and goes you should go over there should definitely go over there like that's you and then you're you're out of you're banished from the garden and you know what life is like and if you know you're in the desert like it would feel like you are in the desert and that so i understand that someone could read that and go fuck that's because that's how my childhood felt i felt like i came out and grew up and uh, had my childhood rock band dreams ripped out and my heart broken all in the space of about three months and it was like the, a 28-year childhood and then fucking bang, I'm in the desert, no idea where I am, who I like, where I am, who I am. And like, so to me, that, that story represents it perfectly. And back before we had, you know, categories and science and thing, you know, to explain things, people told stories to, hmm. to get across how things felt. So to me, that explains religious scriptures. They're like dramatic representations and it's sort of like a guide for life. It, like, it, you know, it will be as if you are wandering, not literally, 
you know, it's not a, there was like not an actual talking snake. Well, that's it like a, that's it was it. as if, a, yeah, it's, that's how it, I can understand how people can understand it. So therefore, omnism, boom, easy. I've, we've done a bit here tonight, Andrew. We've unlocked, we've unlocked the Bible. We've sorted out, uh, we've sorted out the problem with the Australian music scene. It's just the bands aren't very good. Uh, what else have we sorted out? Oh man, we've gone it's fucking midnight, dude. We've gone everywhere, and uh, I'm looking. I kept, I kept looking down at the time on the on the recorder. I'm like, oh my god, I think, I think I'm getting. This might be a record. I think this might be one of the longest ones I've done. Um, that's fantastic. So, what, so I think, I mean, I could keep talking for hours. Oh, um, me too, man. And, Don't tempt me because I this will. Is, and, this is a, and this is a lot of fun. Um, okay, one last thing before I wrap up. And what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to split this into two episodes, but I'm going to release them at the same <laughs> uh, And I'm going to release them at the same time. So in yeah. the same week, same time, exactly the same time, but people can just got two chunks and I think people will be able to not, not get too overwhelmed. It's all about breaking things down, making things uh, easy for people to digest. Yeah, um, easily digestible. Yeah, that's right. But um, one one last book that I read just recently, and it might be worth um, checking out if you haven't already, um, Jess actually got it and passed it on to me. Um, I don't know where she heard about it. It's, it's called The Courage to be Dislo- Disliked. Um and I don't have the author's name, but um, apparently it's a it's a bestseller or blah blah blah. It's it's a fairly popular book. Yeah, um, easy to find. Yeah, really easy to find. But um, there's quite a bit in it. But I think it'd be ripe your alley, and I think it talks mm. about a lot of the stuff that we spoke about um, over this epic conversation. But um, there's a lot of stuff about separating um, what they call tasks and um, distinguishing whose task it is. And basically it means that there are certain things that we take on from other people, uh, other people's grief, other people's problems, other people's mm. obligations. And we get, we become a busybody. We get involved emotionally, physically with, with things that aren't our task. And a lot of this is establishing that, uh, establishing a separation between what we need to take on ourselves and what we need to allow other people to work out themselves and mm. and it goes through it's it's set with a this philosopher and this young uh student who's trying to learn so the student's challenging the 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 philosopher and saying you know this doesn't make sense you're telling me to be selfish blah 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 and then he they go backwards and forwards throughout the book and they slowly break it all down and 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 try to get to the get to the crux of it all but it's it's a really really good book and i think it sort of ties in really well with a lot of the stuff that we've been we've been speaking about tonight um so i'll uh, i'll chuck a link so people can can have a sticky beak but um yeah check it out man because i think um i think you'll get something I'll, out of it it's a it's a japanese I'll read it um, before we do the next one yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> and it's a uh, it's um it's a couple of japanese um authors as well so there's um, yeah so it uh it might be Eastern a nice philosophy yeah and i think it might link in nicely with um, some of the experiences that you you had in japan yourself yeah. as well very Next cool. time we do this, Andrew, let's do it face to face. Sounds good. That that can be. Uh, I was going to say that'll be round two, but it'll be round three by the time we catch up. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, like we, we, like this has been fucking utterly fantastic, and I live for conversations like this. And we should probably we should stay in touch better. And if yeah. you get interesting articles and shit, send them to me, and I'll do the same. But uh, like what we've unfortunately couldn't happen tonight is our subconsciouses could not communicate. 
mm. which is you know there's there's a lot we still miss so like picking up on the uh the signals and i really feel like we could really nut out some bullshit face to face like it'd be it's it's something that i would really like to do put yeah, it that way for sure and um i'm i'm long overdue a trip down your way as well so we'll have to make that happen soon all right, you'll, you know, keep a day free, I suppose. We, <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you forever. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Likewise. Oh, I've, it's, I mean, time's flowing. And, I mean, this, these podcast stuff <laughs> are, are so good anyway. But, um, look, I, I crap on about this all the time with, with people I've spoken to on this podcast and everyone's sick and tired of me saying this. But it just it's something that is just this reoccurring theme and it's, it's a point that I just have to keep, keep making because it's so important. But... This podcast, and it's the same sort of thing as what you explained right at the start about how you had this moment where you were listening to that podcast and Russell Brand was having having this moment and he was explaining these things from a completely different perspective that was just unexpected. And mm. it's this it's this podcasting format to this long formed conversation where there's no there's no structure, there's no heavy editing, there's no segments, there's nothing, there's nothing in there that has to push us into a particular uniform direction where we've got to stay on topic or anything like that. We can talk shit, we can have more deep and meaningful conversations, or we can just go off in another direction. It doesn't matter. There's no rules. And yeah. That being said, I do have some sponsors that I need to mention. <laughs> Quick, but... before we wrap it up, yeah. Yeah, legal zone um, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but it's. For me, this and it, I, I look at it from a positive point of view because it's it's also kind of sad that it takes it takes this to have these types of conversations. But this this tool of this podcast and and being mm. able to talk to people, um, I would Cash never, I would I would yeah well, but I would never have these conversations with people like I, I no, and that's, that's you've never set aside three and a half hours to talk to me really. Yeah. Like, uh, John, have you got yeah. some time on Thursday night? Um, just just lock out about close to four hours and um, and and, and, and well, Andy, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I don't know. We'll just uh, just catch up and have a chat. Nothing, man. And how um, are you? Yeah, and it's just. It's it's something that should happen, but um, you know everyone's busy, it or it's just an awkward thing. And I, I was saying this to somebody else the other day. It's like, you know, how often do and I know it happened. It does happen, but at least from my world anyway, it it's something like, how often do you call someone up and say, hey, um, have you just got? Do you want to catch up for an hour and have a coffee? And and mm. and especially coming from a world where most of the people that you associate with would be at a gig or it'd be at a bar or something like that. And that's when you catch up and it was over alcohol and things like that. So yeah, not the environment. No. And, and who gets on the phone anymore? Like it's, it's, it's different. And, and, you know, that could be, that could be an, a nostalgic uh, comment and go, Oh, no one speaks on the phone anymore. You know, technology's, that's old school now. technology's ruined it, blah, blah, blah. But it's, I think um, there's just something really amazing with what this podcast has done because mm. at least for me, because I have, I've connected with so many people that I never thought I'd ever get to speak to, like just ridiculous people that um, just blow me out of the water um, or people that I'd never think that I'd be worthy enough to speak to as far as um, people in other fields of work or people with an intelligence that I believe I've, I've, I'm not even in the same conversation or sometimes more importantly is being able to reconnect with people that I've known for a hell of a long time, but 
understanding in the process of conversation that you really know fuck all and you've and you've, <laughs> and you've known someone for so long and you and you get a, a portrayal of what they are and who they are and everything like that but there's never been an opportunity over such a long space of time that you've ever been able to sit down and have a conversation and really sort of get under the skin a bit and just get just a little bit of an insight of what what makes somebody tick and mm. this is this conversation is just another example of that and um and this whole podcasting thing is just so good. Like even as a listener, just being able to listen in and, and hear people talk and just have the the freedom to be able to just the let room. just to roam. Yeah, right. Just have these conversations with people and just see where it goes and just and not feel restricted or having to worry about what they say or just just mm. let just let it out and, and see where it goes. And it's just it's, it's I'm super cool. Actually, scared because i know once you hang up and i take these headphones i've got to go back to my life like i'm, I'm attached <laughs> to this world where you just talk to me through my headphones and through the magic of like some fucking some incredible arcane dark art that you can hear me and i can hear you but you're not here like i don't want to go back to the the normal world <laughs> I'm I'm in my apartment alone. Like I like I'm just going back to like silence. I should go to bed. Like I gotta I, be up for work. I know, me too. I've got to yeah. I'm I'll... scared. <laughs> <laughs> I like this world. I'm nostalgic for it now. <laughs> well I've gotta I've gotta do one of these each week, so I've gotta make sure I stay on top of it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. But um Well, thank you for having me on. That's it. Part two is done. What an epic conversation. I'm so glad that you guys have uh, listened to the entire thing. Um, I think it was definitely a good idea to split it into two episodes, but release them at the same time, same week. Um, but thank you so much, Jono. Uh, that was just such a great conversation and I really appreciate your honesty, um, the vulnerability that you put out there. Um, you didn't have to, um, but you certainly did so. And um, I hope you got as much out, out of it um, as I did. It was just really cool. And for everybody that's been listening, thank you so much. Um, as I've continued to crap on, um, about if I've missed anything, books, music, references, uh, please let me know. Cause I really want to make sure that the show notes are filled with everything that we discussed in this. There were so many great things and I want people to, to discover some of the great resources that we've both lent on, um, over the past several years. And, um, just, just a lot of great things that people are doing. And I want to make sure that this podcast and the conversations and the people that are being, um, highlighted in this podcast, uh, providing as much value to other people as possible. So thanks, Jono. Really appreciate it. Everything's in the show notes over at andysocial.net, including all of Jono's contact details. So make sure you reach out to him and say hello. A few things before we wrap up this episode. This is uh, part two, I believe, if I'm recording these correctly, of uh, my chat with Jono Barwick. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed that chat. It was epic. It was long. Um, but I hope you got a lot out of it. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, instead of culling it right down, I thought, just stuff it. Just cut it right in the middle and split into two sections. Um, so at the time of recording this, and as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm recording all these intro, outros. Well, some intros, but most um, outros in advance. And um, where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, jeez, losing track of time. Um, so Lord updates. Uh, once again, don't have the release date for Fallen Idols yet, but if you go to lord.net.au, there may be a release date out now. Um, or if you're following us on the socials, as soon as we know that that information, we're going to be opening up pre-orders. So um, stay tuned, follow us on all the socials, and you will get information as soon as we're able to share it. Um, in the meantime, go over to lord.net.au slash united. 
track listing for the Australian edition of the new album is there, including a few covers. So if you're curious to see what covers we've chosen, uh, some of the covers, um, there are other ones up our sleeve. Uh, for the Australian release, you can go and have a look and see what they are. Um, there's the video clip for the first single, track one off the new album, which is called United Welcome Back. Um, that's on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, etc. So please continue to share that around. Thank you so much for the positive feedback. Um, I've just been blown away with how well that song has been received because it's a bit on the harder side, um, but people are really digging it and um, it's giving us a little bit more confidence with this new album. We're confident, like we're we're excited to share it. Like it's it's a, I think it's a shit hot album in my biased opinion, but um, it's good to get a little bit of public validation of that first song. So if you haven't heard it, Lord.net.au/United, share it around. A bit of people power goes a long way. We really need your help with this new album. It's been a long time between releases for for studio albums, so we really need to get people to share it and get in front of as many people as possible so anything you can do to help goes a long way so thank you very much uh self-starter updates very very quickly in the midst of recording season two right now uh first episode of season two will uh launch will be released on the first in the first week of june of this year um and will go until december so i think the way i'm going to do it is uh the seasons will run between june and december of each year and i'll do a little six month gap uh in between so i can work on some other stuff but anyway that's that's a later thought uh june season two in the meantime season one is available through all the usual podcast haunts um you can go to selfstarter.com.au and check all that out as well um that's it, folks. Um, I was going to rattle off some birthdays, but I realized that I rattled off most of the birthdays that cover both of these episodes in the last episode. So happy birthday to all those people again. Go back and listen to the old episodes of the Andy Social Podcast. Keep sharing all this stuff around. Um, and anything you can do to support means a hell of a lot to me. And I'm just going to stop crapping on heaps and heaps and heaps of great episodes coming up in the upcoming weeks. Okay, take care. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Larry. Larry, please.